Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, March 2nd, 2014. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 5906. This is No Agenda. Bracing for more global queuing in FEMA Region 6. Here at the Travis Heights Hideout in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's freezing over, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. Well, well, well. I'm glad we're all here at kindergarten with our instruments today. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of our better concerts, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, people would have paid money to see that. Yeah. So we had 73 degrees this morning when I got up at 7 o'clock. Nice and warm. And it's going to be 28 by the time the show is over. No. Yes. What's, is get, what time will the show be over? I don't know. You're a little part of the woods there. Uh, it'll be uh, around uh, 2, uh, 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. So it's going to drop to 28 degrees <laughs> yes. by 2 o'clock in the yes. afternoon when the sun is up? No, th- th- there's no sun coming, son. No sun coming today, man. So wait a minute. It's 73 now? No, it, it, it was 73 at 7 a.m. And that okay. was four hours ago. Now it's down to, we're probably, uh, let me see, we're probably. What's this all about? Oh, this is the global cooling. What do you? What do you mean? What is this all about? Do you ever? Hello, do you ever listen to this show? This is global cooling is coming once again. It's March. Uh, it's down to it's uh, forty-seven degrees now. So it's thirty degree but drop. But why is it getting so cold? Where's this cold air coming from? Alaska? No, uh, uh, Canada? Canada? Polar vortex? I don't know. It's it's the polar vortex <laughs> and now in Texas. Yeah. Now playing in Texas. <laughs> the best little vortex in Texas. I'm telling you, this is, uh, it's all, everyone's freaking out. Of course, we're here, we're freaking out. What? And it's raining now, so of course that means we'll have, uh, you know, black ice everywhere. Ice, yeah. Black ice, yeah. that's the best. Yeah. But it's March. It's March 2nd. I'd, we've been here two years now. We have not seen this happen in March. Well, you know, things change. Yes. You've been of there course. two years? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, February, um, it was February two years ago. So yeah, a little over two years. That's well, cool. Yeah, I guess. What do you mean you guess? What's wrong with that? I don't know. It just seems like time's flying. Oh, I know. I know. It does seem like things go a little faster, doesn't it? Yeah, something's up. Well, let me let me tell you this. I was interviewed by the BBC on Friday. Yeah? About for what? The, for the 10th anniversary of podcasting. Is it the 10th anniversary? Yes. <laughs> yeah. not, that doesn't add up. Yes, 2004 is when we first, that was when the first daily source codes were, were on. Oh, okay. And when we had the iPod. Let's get a plug in as I care about. Well, um, against all of my um, uh, my rules, I did the interview and it's going to be edited. So, you know what? Probably not. You know how they, you know how they are. It, it was they it, edit out the plug for our show? Well, I don't know if they have, but it's possible they will, yes. What BBC is this, radio? BBC yeah. 5, BBC four. 6? No, Radio 4. That's, uh, that's BBC that's, 4, that's the big one. That's the serious news channel, yeah. Hmm. Uh, but it was so typical. Oh, my God. It was, you know, it's like nothing, literally nothing has changed in 10 years. You know, uh, iTunes is still shit, and uh, the BBC is still going, so what's the future for this? <laughs> Do you think there's a future for podcasts? I say this is the 10th anniversary. What are you talking about? Ugh. They probably cut me out altogether. 
I'm, Leave him on the cutting room floor. <laughs> I'm, I, I can't be nice in those situations. It's very different. I mean, I tried. I really did. You know, it's a typical man and woman. Adam, Adam, let me ask you, what, what do you think is the future of podcasting? What? Excuse me. You almost ruined it with when I went Apple through nothing but NPR and BBC programming everywhere. Ugh. I remember how that was quite annoying, actually. When they when they did that, yeah, yeah. Well, you anyway. know, anyway, at least so, you gave it a shot. Yeah, yeah. So of course it, they actually said, "Would you, would you do me a favor? Would you, um, would you ID yourself?" And uh, you know, so you set it up that way. ID yourself. And that's why I'm Adam Curry from the No Agenda Show, best podcast in the universe. Snip. <laughs> Can hear it. Snip. <laughs> and you know, and it being I'm Adam Curry. I'm Adam Curry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Uh, of all the things we could start with today, John, I would like to uh, throw something new out there. Something, something new. new? Yeah, something new. By the way, we're two weeks away from an event. Yeah, this was not here, though. This no, is, well, uh, those events, events you're going to be here. It'll be in two weeks. Oh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's our six-week cycle. Now, I'm talking about this event. What the authorities are saying is this was a well-organized, premeditated attack, and we can see that by the scale of the attack. We're talking about a group of men going into a railway station, armed, we think, at the moment, just with knives, and managing to stab more than 100 people. That does sound quite organized. In the past, there have been a number of cases where individuals have, have taken knives and they've attacked people in public places places in China, but that's usually people with personal grievances taking them out in a public sphere. This seems a, an altogether different story. The authorities are saying it's a terrorist attack, which suggests that they have at least some suspicions about who's behind it, but they're not saying publicly yet. Yeah, okay, so that's the BBC, and as we know, we don't have hold the BBC in high regard, so we'll tell you what's going on. Uh, you heard about this, right? The, uh, yeah. The, the, so this is in... Uh, this is a more evidence that we should have guns. Because <laughs> when somebody shoots you in public like this, you hear a sound and you run. <laughs> and did you catch the count? The silent killer of the evil knives. They should be banned. This is the uh, uh, 33 people killed by knife in Xinjiang province. I hate, yeah, the, yeah, I, okay. I hate it when that happens. You know, it's one of those numbers. Number. It just pops up. Uh, but I know what this is about, and this is, uh, of course, it's no good. Uh, but again, people, you might want to get your map out and take a look at the Xinjiang province. Uh, you're spelling that how? I'm spelling that uh, X-Ray India November, Juliet India Alpha November Gulf. Xinjiang. I got the X. <laughs> if you do X-I-N, I'm sure Google will autocomplete for you, honey. You go ahead. I got. Uh, <laughs> what does Google do? Flirting with, with me. <laughs> is this Xinjiang or Xinjiao or Xinjiang or Xinjiao or Xinjiao build? Xinjiang. With a J. Yes, J I A N G. Xinjiang. Yes, good. And where? What is? Uh, what is Xinjiang? If you look at the geographic region, it is the most western part possible of the uh, the Chiners. Uh, butting up against all the stands over there. Yeah, that's one of those uh, places that has Muslim issues. Yes, correct, Amundo. And what what else do they have in Xinjiang? Oh, uh, don't worry, an oil boom. Yeah, it's the North Dakota of China. Thank you. If North Dakota was peopled by Muslims, right? <laughs> yeah, 
So this is obviously a terrorist attack, and it's uh, and I can tell you the usual suspects will be behind it. Because whenever we need to either get something done or stop something, just pull out some Muslim terrorists, boy. And there you go. We got the Muslim terrorists killing people with knives, 33 of them. In, right. in, code. in Yes, code in the most western oil-rich province of China. Which also, there's a, there's a little sliver of land there between Af- uh, Afghanistan. It's so obvious every single time. And then the and and the BBC can't figure it out. Well, they say it's uh, it looks like a terrorist, but we they're being very tight-lipped about it. I wonder what it could be. Hello, BBC. <laughs> Just get it. That's literally what the guy the said. The authorities are saying it's a terrorist attack, which suggests that they have at least some suspicions about who's behind it, but they're not saying publicly yet. So we can't figure it out because we don't have Google Maps. It's really not that hard. It really isn't. I think it's interesting that they use this knife. Hundred people would ni- knived. I, it may be hard to get the, the the gun thing going there, or you know, and maybe for for Chiners oh, it's that if we it, wanted to. But maybe for Chiners it's more terrorizing a knife somehow. Maybe. I, I think if we had a a, a wave of knife uh, killings well, in America, well, you may have spotted a trend. There may be a wave of knife could be, action. Yeah, could be. That's very possible, actually. It could be on its way. Oh, well. Because, you know, the British have been trying. There's Because I, I think it would be interesting to get the knife thing going as a meme <laughs> and then do a big anti-knife campaign. Yeah. And then make people have to get, like, licenses or special. You have to special order big knives. So chef knives are going to be hard to come by. Everyone's going to be working with a paring knife. Bamboo sticks. Just to sh- like, sharpen bamboo. The meat with this paring knife. The ba- Mommy, my bamboo's not sharp. I can't, I can't cut my steak. It's okay, honey. We're I'm having... I'm telling you, we're going to start seeing knives. You know, this, I thought they tried to crank this up a couple years ago in England. This anti-knife thing, mm. but I think this this is the way to go. A hundred knivings. Yeah. Wow. No, nah, it is. Well, actually, um, hold on a second. Were they it, stabbing people in the gut? You know what? In the back in the kidney and the liver. I mean, what were they doing? Stabbing them in the butt and the leg. Listen to this. This is a report from uh, our Scandinavian friends on the nation. It's the kind of violence we hear about in the United States. Oh. What? Are you ready? Canadians. <laughs> but today, it happened in this country. A horrific scene at a warehouse in Edmonton, witnessed by dozens. A man armed with two knives Aye. suddenly began stabbing people. By ha. the time it was over, two were dead and four were wounded. I, you know what, John? I think you're right. Could be. I, 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 now, I, if it was a gun. Hold on. Know. Hold on. Do me It was a gun. <laughs> one gunshot would drive people away. Yeah, that's right. But no. That's why they made a the big deal about guns is that they've gone out of their way to make silencers incredibly illegal. It's right, a yeah. felony. That's right. And so you can't go like they do in the movies. It would be cut. And if you've ever fired a gun or been around someone firing them, those, you have to wear ear protection because those things loud. are extremely loud. Very, very loud. Yeah. They're, they give a warning signal. Yeah. Uh, so, may, well, maybe we could uh, uh, force uh, knife manufacturers to for them to make a sound. <laughs> like the clicker you need on, that, on an iPhone camera. Here it is. 
whenever you swipe the blade. It'd be very difficult to do that. It's just a aeration thing. Mm, no. Okay. It's more to it than that. Maybe the handle, when you grab the handle, it makes a honking sound. Like a car <laughs> horn. I don't have that sound effect. No. <laughs> Wait, no, I do have one. Here it is. <laughs> I'm going to stick you with my knife. Here I come. So if you look up knife attack on the Google, uh, you get the mass stabbing, but you also get uh, uh, China attack at the Kuning train station leaves dozens dead. Is that the same? Well, that's, that's the same one. Yes, the same Separat one. Yeah. Okay, separatists for blame. Thirty-three yeah. knife attack. This has been Google washed. Uh huh. So I can't. If I put knife attack in, I get one whole page of that. Of that. Well, we had the uh, we had the we had the bogative UK knife attack where the uh, where the guy apparently cut the guy's head off in the middle of the street. The soldier. Oh yeah, that one. That was a classic. That was a good one. That was a knife attack. Twenty-seven dead, thirty-three dead. This keeps yeah. changing. It started with twenty-seven. Started with twenty-seven. Yeah. One hundred and thirteen wounded. In fact, it started with 27, and I had 27 in the show notes, and then people started calling the, the magic number out. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so I think they, they bumped it up just to, to make it apparent. To let everyone know <laughs> some, something's behind it. We don't know what. By the way, uh, Eric sent me not one but two boxes of our uh, 33 uh, bags. Yeah. Uh, which uh, something went wrong, and he's like, hey, can I have that one box back? Like, uh, No, I already gave you him. you a box of them? Two. Two boxes. Well, you know, two boxes of ten. He sent me two bags. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Maybe one of my boxes was meant for you. I don't know. But I, I gave out, but I was at the market. You know, I'm giving them out to people who matter. Uh, either people who listen to the show, like Farmer Chris, uh, or people who I think will be baffled. And it's really funny when they go, oh, this is great. What uh, what is it? What's the what's the thirty three bag? You know who's baffled? Buzzkill Junior. By the bag or by thirty three? Yeah. By both. He doesn't know. He yeah. he said, "What's that? What is that supposed to mean?" <laughs> All right. So, so this that's, is the family. This is a family that listens to listens the show. to the show. <laughs> hey, thanks, kid. Only this, Eric knows. Yeah. Oh, apparently, I, it, all the people. And I, you know, it's I don't know. Is it, is is Buzzkill Junior still living in the house? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's time to up his rent a little. We're trying to get it, yeah. <laughs> if he's not listening to the show, I mean, at least at least he can pretend. Yeah. Um, My wife doesn't listen to the show either. No, I know, I know. She hears this stuff all the time, but the problem is that she misses this material that we've developed and actually gone into great detail on, and she'll come off the wall and tell me something that is like the superficial part of it. And uh -huh. I say, you have to listen to it. Right. So what did you, I didn't know you guys talked about it. Yeah, you could, but unfortunately you have to listen for an hour Yeah, to listen to the show. I, I'm telling you, I'm on page 12 of the knife attack Google search, Yeah, and it's, fi oh, finally, finally. Let's see what page is this. It is page 12. Knife attack brothers locked up. Ah. Brothers, were, this is in Derbyshire. Oh, yes, the, uh, the, the British guys, right. Two British kids. Yeah, weren't they Muslims as well? Wasn't that a Muslim attack? No, no, no. These are two white uh, skinheads. Mm. And then the Hudson police charged Dairy Man, 
D-E-R-R-Y, that is, with a January knife attack. So we're getting a lot, even though there's no gun attacks in Great Britain, you can see, starting on page 12, there's a lot of knife attacks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, but don't, don't try and argue with a Brit about that. They'll say, it's not the same. No. <laughs> it's, it's not all the same. You stab somebody with a knife and gut him or yeah. shoot him. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I, I'm handing out the 33 bags, and a lot of people, ah, that's great. Yeah, what? Uh, and, am I, and I'm like, 33, you watch out. You're gonna, it's the magic number. You're going to start seeing it everywhere. And that makes him very nervous. <laughs> people get so nervous so easy. <laughs> but I, think it's, I think it's the way, maybe the way I'm saying it. Yeah, if you weren't <laughs> drooling with cross eyes. <laughs> 33 is the magic number. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, let's start off to show us some fun. Okay. I have a quiz for you, and it has to do with your favorite topic, aviation. Oh, okay. Is this the uh, question of the day for Adam clip? The question of the day for Adam. Retirement surge means that regional airlines in the U.S. will need hundreds of new pilots each year over the next decade, but they may not get them. The Government Accountability Office reports that 11 out of the 12 regional carriers failed to meet hiring targets last year. A major factor could be the average annual starting salary. Okay. And that's your question. At, at oh, the av- starting now. Where's the clock? Tick tock, tick tock. Do you want the average starting salary? Don't look it up. I'm not looking it up. I'm going to say the average starting salary for a, a captain. Or no, starting salary would be a first Island. officer. Yeah, but that's you, it's, if you well, start. It's just the people that are starting. Yeah, you're not going to roll in as the right. So your guy. first officer. I'm going to say if it's more than forty-five thousand dollars, I'd be surprised. Play the answer of the day. Oh, hold on a second. Answer of the day. A major factor could be the average annual starting salary, just (laughs) $22,400. Regional airlines handle half of all domestic flights. Here's the good news. I have a backup plan now in case this show falls to crap. I can always make $22,000 a year on an RJ. This is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have enough people. 20, yeah. Really? So, and half the, as you mentioned at the end, half of the domestic flights in this country are on these little carriers. Yeah. So, so the person that's flying you around. Uh, you th- know, this at, is, you know, you know what? I, I, I don't like this argument you're about to make. I don't, I'm not making an argument. The statement you're about to parrot? The parroting is not going to happen. <laughs> I've heard this so many times. What? I can't believe the guy who has my life in his hands is only making $22,000 a year. I think they should pay him more. Well, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I, um, all right. You think 22000 in today's market, in today's Are you inflated c- economy, $22,000 a year, what is that? That's, I think, minimum wage. Is uh, Now, uh, if we were to look at this report, John... Uh, would we find that this is a full-time uh, salary job? That this is uh, he's flying every single day for this twenty two thousand dollars? No, the story was obviously planted by the unions. Yes, the rail the rail unions to find the lowest number they can and yeah. put it into the mainstream media and let exactly. them just suck on it. Exactly. It's uh, it, it's a job. I like this. I like it. I thought they did a wonderful job. It was, I don't think anybody, and this is news hour. This isn't a slouch. Wow, thing. Like, this was news hour? Yes, this was <sighs> news hour, wow. PBS. 
You got to call Bill and Melinda. Tell them they're doing a good job. So they had the little piece comes in there that everyone's getting twenty two thousand dollars is what yeah. you I mean. That's the the way you extrapolate this. That's the meme now. Yeah, everyone's getting twenty two thousand dollars. Everybody half the flights are from these airlines. In fact, I think the it stewardess is just a couple things that makes you think, "Wow, that's terrible," yeah. which it is. Yeah, and then it makes you think half the flights. In other words, I'm the. You know, and so it makes you so. So you got to give every you got to give these pilots more money, and so the mainliner pilots would get more money. They're actually every. I think all these pilots are, unless they're driving a big giant boat, they're they're not getting paid much. Ah, uh, no, no, you don't make a lot of money until you're on the on the big transatlantic flights. Oh, what is wrong with my gate today? What is wrong with my gate? Well, I'm glad you missed the, the question. That's good. So well, I, I over I, I, for one. I, pr I probably was I was probably much closer to the actual answer than PBS NewsHour. No, they're they're trained journalists. Speaking of which, I need to ask you a question. I don't have a clip, but um, when one when one speaks of journalism, is it a noun? Is it a verb? I keep reading Glenn Greenwald. Greenwald don't rough. Glenn Greenwald, I keep reading him saying, I'm producing great journalism. That's how you do journalism. How, what is it exactly? Is it, is it a verb? Is it a noun? What is journalism? And, well, and, and can one produce great journalism? Is that, is that correct? <laughs> That's what he keeps writing. I, we produced great journalism over there. What does it mean? It means it's full of crap. Let's see what, <laughs> what it actually defines out as. Okay. It's a noun. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. So you can't be doing, well, I guess you can do journalism. It's still a noun then, right? You, unless you're journalizing. Which journalizing would be would be, would be, would would be, be a, a verb, yeah, verb. right. The activity or profession of writing for newspapers or magazines or of broadcasting news on radio or television. So we are we're journalists by this definition. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, we could use other words, the synonyms, the press, the fourth estate. Ooh. Reporting. Reporting. You say great reporting. You can say that. Mm -hmm. News writing. We do great news writing. Mm -hmm. News broadcasting. News coverage. Reportage. Reportage. Which is the one I yes, like. reportage. We're doing great reportage here. <laughs> nice. I like doing the reportage. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. The best reportage in the universe. Let me, uh, yeah, let me see no, if I, I can find. Let me find. Let me find the way. If you yeah. keep saying you're the greatest journalist in the world, which Greenwald, you know, says says, uh, you, you know, at some point, well, I've heard he's the greatest journalist in the world. Okay, here it is. Um, Although all he does is just take, he doesn't even do any field work. He sits at home writing about himself. On the, on the, <laughs> writing the about field. himself. Writes about himself. <laughs> yeah, media outlets funded by government-supporting tech moguls with repugnant histories can produce important journalism. Uh, produce journalism? It doesn't, it doesn't feel... When you produce journalism, it sounds like wag the dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it does sound like. In fact, that's, it may be exactly what it is. So that may be absolutely correct. It's very interesting. Of course, uh, if you haven't read the Pando Daily um, report, 
It was very interesting to to read. Uh, uh, you know, there they got a gold mine when they got this Ames character. Yeah, who is this guy? He, he was the partner with that car guy who oh, was always okay. hanging out with uh, Sarah Lacey. Right. Okay. That British guy was yeah. Kind yeah of, car. That's know, the British guy. A character, yeah. to say the least. And his buddy was, and they had this not some. They had a little publication they were running that was had good stories in it. But the guy who is the who apparently is the superstar or the potential guy is the Mark Mark Ames, Ames character. Yeah. yeah. And they brought him over. They're not even. This is nothing to do with tech. They're just going for good <laughs> yeah. stories with this Ames guy. <laughs> so, so the, if you haven't read the story, uh, it'll be Stumble in the show notes. Stumble onto a gold mine. Yeah, Pierre Omidyar, Drive My Car, co-funded Ukraine Revolution Groups with U.S. government document show. And it, it's very interesting to see. You know, Glenn Greenwald. He spends more time defending himself his colleagues and their funders than he does producing great journalism. And, um, and, and the tweets, so somehow someone, one of our, uh, let me see if I can find this for you. One of our producers uh, got the attention of Jacob, Jacob Applebaum over there in Berlin. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, and, and essentially this producer, I, I'm sure it's a producer of ours, but he's copying uh, at IO error which is uh, the Applebaum, and he's copying me and at State Department or State Gov, whatever. If he's copying you, he's, an, he's a listener. Yes. And he's saying, hey, Applebaum, why don't you start all of your speeches with, uh, hi, I'm Jacob Applebaum, I'm a government contractor. <laughs> which is, of course, funny because, you know, all of the funding for TOR comes from governments. It, it, the State Department, for sure, Department of Defense. Yeah. Uh, Swedish uh, government. But what is interesting is that, and and this producer of ours, he has, you know, he's, I would view, although he's a producer and he's he lists no agenda. If I look at his numbers, you know, it's riffraff. It's Twitter riffraff. You know, why oh, one of those low numbers? Yeah. Guy? Well, I mean, I got two followers. <laughs> well, he's not that. No, no, he's not that bad at all. But I don't understand because you know when someone says something wacky about me, I look and I say how many followers. You know, if you're under. Th- a couple thousand followers. Why would I even bother respond? I'm only, you know, giving credence to my the real audience. Yeah. And but this is what these guys do constantly. And this I O error, Jacob Applebaum, continue and, and Gr- Grinroud does this thing too. They're continuously, you know, defending, defending. Shut up. Go produce some great journalism and shut up. Here. Uh, Jacob Applebaum. The thread is so long on this. So the guy, well, no, he accomplished, our producer did one thing right. He accomplished what he set out to accomplish, which is to get some attention to himself, which you gave him. Yes. And get a conversation going and distract somebody out there and just chuckle to himself. It's got to be hilarious. So as of this morning, and this is after, uh, and I didn't respond in the, I did retweet one tweet was just too funny. He has a whopping 78 followers, you know, so this, and Applebaum, who has, uh, what does Applebaum have? He's got to have, uh, yeah, he's got almost 70,000 followers. He's all in on, just like, let me see, uh, you really have to look at this whole thing. Uh, I pay taxes to use the road. No, he has, uh, he, no, he's <laughs> Jacob Applebaum. Do you use any U.S. government services, roads, perhaps? Do you pay taxes? Are you a hypocrite? Probably not, right? That's Applebaum. That Apple that's Applebaum. 
because <laughs> because our guys like hey you, you got t- him you're taking yes he's on he's on the he's on the run he's on the run <laughs> you know because our guys like hey you know why are you taking government money for the tour project you know isn't that kind of creepy and then and, th- and that's Applebaum's response. So response. Applebaum changes the subject. Yeah, do you use government services? Roads, perhaps? <laughs> and he sounds like that curiously. <laughs> yeah, that's my Applebaum impression. So, but Greenwell does this too. Why do these? Why are they always defending? You know, yeah, they to be actually. Honest about it, I do not think they fully understand social media. That's so. It's either that. It's either they do not understand how it works, which is hilarious by itself, or they truly are shills and just out there to defend, you know, their billionaire corporate uber lords. And and I can, and this. So now we have well, a discussion. No, no, stop! 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 Because what you just said, it could be part of this sort of a of a uh, of a really deeper not understanding, which would go like this: somebody says something like that, which invites a response, but you look and go, "This is not something I'm responding to. This is just some you know an ankle biter." And meanwhile, Omidar comes up. How come you didn't respond to this? Right. You can't let this stand. I'm sure he 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 put he posted that on the internal messaging board, which apparently he does more than anybody else. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you read the follow up to this uh, Pando piece, um, uh, so okay, so briefly the Pando piece says, "Hey, this guy funded uh, part of the, the some of the groups along with the U.S. government, USAID, who overthrew the uh, Ukrainian government." And uh, Green, Greenwell, Greenwell's response is, sorry, it's the Tourette's. Greenwell's response is, oh, what? Uh, why? I, I don't have time to uh, investigate all the political dealings of my funders. Well, that would be crazy to understand where the money's coming from. What does that have to do with anything? Besides, he's doing it for a profit, which is even even more insulting. And That's terrible. Yes, and of course... The whole idea is you can't be Pierre Omnicar drive my car on one hand saying we're going to fuck the government, fuck those guys, we're going to be nasty towards them. But we're partners at the same time in overthrowing uh, sovereign governments. So that was the point of the Pando piece. And Grant Greenwald, he then um, uh, you know changes the entire subject. And, you know, and to this, like, oh, I'm producing great journalism. I don't, you know, Pando, you've got billionaires uh, funding you, et cetera, et cetera. So it's the war of the billionaires and back and forth. But then Pando comes back and says, oh, well, uh, very interesting. Our guys are not on the board, you know, are, are not allowed in any meetings. They're not on our internal messaging system. But if you look what Jeremy Scahill said, and this comes back to your point of Scahill and Grant Greenwald are not going to last very long together. Uh, Scahill saying, oh, P- uh, Pierre is so involved in everything, he sends more messages on the internal system than anybody. Oh, uh, one of those guys. Oh, can you imagine? And and so with all of this going on with you know people doing native advertising, in-your-face advertising, PBS every 15 minutes advertising, underwriter, partnership, you know, sponsorship, advertising, whatever you want to call it on NPR, and then you have this billionaire funding... My God, I love our vow of poverty. What we're doing is the only true way to do it. Well, there's the, the in terms of having that sort of influence, yeah. And the problem is with politics nowadays, I think this is maybe less, I, I could be just naive, 
but I think le- maybe less so years ago. And I, let me mention something that disappeared here, which I do have to at least talk about if we're going to talk about this, the, the advertising model. When I was a kid, and mm-hmm. I worked for a lot of different magazines and newspapers. Did uh, you work for Grit? I never worked for Grit. <laughs> I worked for Grit. By <laughs> selling it? Yes, yes, yes. And I, and I was always... Would you like a subscription? You know, I've never grit? seen a copy of this pony <laughs> thing. I signed up from the back of the comic book to sell Grit because they had all the great prizes. And, of course, I wanted to get the bicycle. But I think I wound up with the, the glasses that have x-ray vision. <laughs> what, is, what a... What a... Uh... <laughs> Rip off. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so there used to be the church and state thing, which they always talked about. And everybody was very adamant about it. And they, everyone accepted it. It was like, we have editorial over here. And then there's the marketing advertising guys on the other side. And the two never mixed. I mean, you could, I mean, generally speaking, they wouldn't even talk to each other. And if there was, and if some advertising even showed up in the editorial department, they would usually scold him. And they scold whoever talked to him. And it was that was pretty common in, in in magazines and newspapers until the internet came along, and exactly. the, we had the phenomenon of what is called by different people, you know, uh, analog dollars into <laughs> digital dimes. Yes, uh, no, it's a. Uh... Paper yeah. dollars into digital dimes, wasn't that it? Or? Well, it used to also be uh, uh, dimes into pennies. It depends right. on who you're talking yeah. to. Whatever the case was, they realized that they couldn't make any money anymore using their old models, and so they came up with this hell with the uh, with the wall, with the, the whatever it was called, some wall, I forgot. Paywall? Anyway, the hell with that, hell with the church and state, the hell with it all. Ah, we got to stay in business. The Chinese firewall. It was a some sort of yeah. No, it's it's the wall. It's the same wall that the banks used to have between the investment side and the banking side, which of course was dropped by uh, President Clinton. Was it Clinton? Yeah. Uh, It's the it was the same with the newsrooms. You had this very clear. CBS was the Tiffany Network, and their newscast cost millions and millions and millions. I think at the time maybe it was twenty million a year, which was big in those days. Yeah, you know, made that maybe a hundred million today or more, and it was, right and they more. were, and they were proud of it. We're proud of the losses we're making on our news because we have integrity. And somewhere along the line, someone went, "Fuck that! Yeah, screw <laughs> it! Let's make What's some money! Point? Let's make some money!" Hey, I gotta get a, I got a second <laughs> car payment here. I gotta, deal yeah. With. You ever meet my wife? Hey. Holy mackerel, she's breaking me! <laughs> Why don't we just promote some some of our other entertainment properties for cash? So whatever the case was, they all they're all in, and now that we've we've been looking into native advertising, and everybody's all over it, and uh, they're all proud of it, and they and they all there's I when I was went to the meeting at the Edelman thing, Edelman's big into native advertising too. All the agencies are all the big guys that WPP Omnicon, they're all in. Yeah. But when you when you bring it up to the people who are actually implementing, not the ex- advertising executives who don't care, but you bought the editorial people who are used to work at a newspaper and now they're at Edelman, yeah. or they used to be, you know, even in the ones that were old, you know, old school PR. Are they? Very, and you bring they it up to them and yeah. you and you give them the look. Yeah, they are sheepish. What do you mean? Are they like sad sheepish or what? No, they're embarrassed. It's like oh, yeah, well, they but, should be. Oh, wrong oh my god but they should be they are I, I, the, 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 
it's the um, the oh, and, okay. I wasn't going to do this Gotta until make later. Make a living is what the final boils down to. All right, I have pretty much the biggest native advertising push I've seen everywhere, and lo and behold, I could go right to Forbes, and I could get the entire article that uh, this is a, a newscast. Now, remember, when you're going to bring a new drug out on the market, the thing you want to do is you want to warn everybody about this. You don't want to say, hey, everybody, great new drug coming. No. And it doesn't matter whether it's legal drugs or illegal drugs. And we have uh, an example of both. Both, I'm convinced, are complete native advertising. Uh, So we'll start with this report, which is you can find the exact words uh, reproduced everywhere on the web. It's basically Google washed. Because you'll only find these words. Tonight, dozens of doctors and addiction experts are up in arms, urging the FDA in a letter to revoke its approval of what they call a new dangerous high-dose drug called Zohydro-ER, straight hydrocodone that can have up to 10 times more narcotic than Vicodin. Now, I'm already very interested in this new drug. Because what I heard was 10 times as potent, I heard uh, Vicodin, I heard, uh, yeah, sounds great. When you pack this amount of a narcotic into a single pill. And these are drug terms, by the way. Hey, man, we packed all of this narcotic into a single pill. Packing the pill. It's very easy for somebody to overdose and die from it. The FDA's own advisory committee voted 11 to 2 against approving the drug. It's so good, even the feds think it's good. But the agency did it anyway. The concern is listed right on the drug's prescribing literature. (laughs) Proof! It's right on the label. It does what it says it will. Accidental consumption of even one dose of Zohydro ER, especially by children, can result in respiratory depression and death due to an overdose of hydrocodone. The FDA says Zohydro should be reserved for use in patients for whom alternative treatment options are ineffective, not tolerated, or would be otherwise inadequate. Call your doctor today. The drugs manufacturer says there is a documented patient need for an extended-release hydrocodone medicine without acetaminophen. Hell yeah. We remain confident in the measures we have proposed to support safe use of Zohydro ER. Mm-hmm. And the FDA is requiring more studies to look at the risks of abuse, addiction, and death with long-term use. And David, uh, it hits the market this month. Hey, it hits the market this month. That's the payoff. Yeah, no, it hits the market he, this month. No, no, he... But Ask he, your doctor. He, he literally says, and, David, and, just to let you know... With long-term use. Yeah. And, David, it hits the market this month. Woohoo! Woohoo! Right on. Hits the market this month. Go out and call your doctor. Get your Zohydro ER. Well, that stuff's probably like 25 bucks a pill or something. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the best thing you can... No, it's, it's the closest thing you can ass, get to I'm heroin. Sure. It's, it's heroin. Yeah, it's heroin in a pill. Now, so that's native advertising. And you well, can, here's another thing that I've noticed. I had I wrote a guy, uh, some guy wrote this piece about Huawei, and it was so complimentary. Oh, I like the way the design is, and it's so thin, and that he was using adjectives that were over the top. And I sent him a note, and I, I believe it was at Forbes. Uh, I sent him, because Forbes is loaded with this stuff. Yeah, well, Forbes is the top hit if you look for uh, Dangers of Zohydro. Yeah. So uh, I wrote him and said, is this native advertising? And he, because I just wanted to, you know, just to confirm or just not confirm. And what, 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 what was the, what were you looking at? What was the, the reference? 
Huawei. Oh, I'm sorry. It was it was the router. Okay. No, it was the company. Okay. How great they are. And it was written in this kind of breathless, like, who gives a crap about how great or not great Huawei is that you write this up like this? So I said it was me. I sent him a note specifically asking him. And, it, and it, unless he was lying to me, which I doubt, uh, he said, no, no, he just feels this way about Huawei for whatever reason. <clears throat> yeah. Here's what, here's the under, that's kind of that, I was thinking about this, and this is kind of the subtext of this whole native advertising thing. It's creating a style. Yes. Of writing. Hey, that, it's hazy advertising. Beauty. Hazy advertising. <laughs> Can we shorten it? Hazy, hazy, no. Hazy, 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 Whatever the case is, it's creating this style where you think this is okay to write like this yeah. because you see it all over the place. You're surrounded by it, not realizing that these are all fawning pieces that were paid, bought and paid for by one of these advertising agencies or another. And they're placed, and we talked about this in great detail before, they actually have software now that, that they leave holes open for the native advertising in the New York Times and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And you just buy, you go through the system and you drop your piece in there and it goes right to press. Yep. It doesn't get looked at by the editors. Nobody cares. This is horrible. If this you, is what we're up against. This is not what we're up against. This is what the public at large is up against. This you, is really bad. If you go to, uh, if you just Google, um, hold on a second. You have to see this because this is, it's Forbes and it's this story and it'll blow you away. Um, well, the, the, the whole title of, uh, of the column is is the super potent new opiate painkiller Zohydro just too dangerous by Melanie Haken who's a contributor to Forbes it says Melanie Haken contributor I report the latest in health nutrition fitness and mental health but right there in the middle of the article here's an ad for Zohydro ER which experts say is too dangerous and should not have received FDA approval there's a huge like, like uh, this is going to be it's by four by six inch ad in the middle of the page. Is the ad too dangerous according to the FDA? No. They're showing the ad in the middle of the native advertising. I'm not, you know, this is insulting. I'm not an idiot. Okay, so here we, I'm looking at it now. So, so you're going, what's the fuss about, she says. Plenty. Zohydro is so strong that someone new to opioids. <laughs> Hello, are you a new customer? Welcome. Are you new to opioids? I'm asking. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> could die of an overdose from just two pills. You don't want to two do this. pills two could pills. kill you. That's how good this is. It's <laughs> great. And a child could die from ingesting just one capsule. Are they pills or capsules? Make up your mind. Are you seeing? The, are you seeing the ad in the middle? I'm going getting there. According to the FDA's review, the relief or the high of or, or the, no, no, can says, last up to 12 stop, hours, stop, and there's stop, the stop, ad. Stop, stop, stop. It says, you didn't read it right. According to the FDA's, FDA's review, the relief oh, yeah. no, you're right. hyphen or the high hyphen the high. of Zohydro. So they're literally, and, and, there's, and the high is, is, there's no other writing behind the, below that that's just the ad. So right. the this high. last line says the relief or the high. Right. Of so right. hydro can last up to twelve hours a dose, and there's your ad, <laughs> and it says 
It's a, an ad for Zohydro ER, right. which experts say is too they dangerous. Essentially, use the ad as a as a captioned picture, and with a little caption at the bottom that says that what Adam just read an ad for Zohydro ER. This is an ad. Look at this ad that they use. This is terrible. This is horrible. This is the worst kind of thing that anybody can do in a in a, in a publication. This is this is how you produce great journalism. <laughs> So she's got the ad here. So yeah. first she tells about what a long, you know, twelve-hour high, which is, you know, if you're really bored on Saturday night, it sounds like a winner. Yeah. We have to do show prep on Saturday night. I'm just reminding people that we put a lot of effort into this, and, and it's worse because. So we're not I, being used in any of this stuff anytime soon. I use I did show prep all day yesterday because one of our friends it was her birthday yesterday. So you had to go to a birthday party? I had to go to the birthday party, and it, it, it was interesting, though. This was deep inside. This was actually, this is the wife of the guy who would never have a Republican over for dinner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that was her birthday. It was her birthday, yeah. Well, uh, was Were there any Republicans over? No. No, but huddled in the corner, it was uh, me, the uh, Eric, the constitutional lawyer. We might as well call him a Republican. And uh, and my uh, my uh, my friend who's ex Scientology, you might as well call him a Republican too. <laughs> well, he sounds like he's got Republicans in the house. He's he got to do yeah, something. He about didn't know. This. He didn't know. He didn't know. Uh, the constitutional lawyer did did have something interesting to say. He he was at the uh, Supreme Court hearing about the EPA. Yeah, uh, you you recall he had the amicus brief and it was and he was in the running to be the guy to lead the charge, but then they decided some other group was going to do it. But it's still the same six or eight groups that are essentially suing the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, saying uh, or questioning their uh, regulatory power over greenhouse gases. And uh, so you you can't record or you know uh, unless they uh, explicitly allow it, you can't record anything inside the Supreme Court unless you're right. the young Turks and you're speaking truth to power of course yeah that idiot <laughs> but that that really you tell them I don't think everybody knows about that little incident well, you, I you, think that happened last it. week you sent it so you you tell everybody uh, oh I said oh I did okay so some guy from I, I by the way I did unfortunately I jumped in the rabbit hole to try to track this guy back to the world's workers party because I know that's where this came from but I couldn't oh these guys are out in Los Angeles living out of a house, which I Googled and looked at from the outside, and it's for sale, actually. It's a threeplex in the Hollywood Hills backed up against the wow. Hollywood Freeway. And they're, they're Were you producing journalism by any chance? No, I was just looking. <laughs> so uh, they, the guys, uh, one of the guys are trying to get this called 99 Fist or something, with 99 Risk, 99 something. 99 Fist, I think. Fist. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. I mean, that's not. A, that's not a good name, by the way. It's ninety nine something. It's not. It just has a fist. <laughs> I'm gonna take you. You tell the story. I'll look. Uh, anyway, so this guy goes to the Supreme Court. And he has his buddies with him. They all have, you know, have, somehow they got smuggled in iPhones. Google or, Glass. Oh, you think it was Google Glass? I think it was. It was. It was shitty enough to be glass. I don't it know. Was what it was pretty shitty. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. Could have been some wristwatch camera for all we know or one of those pen cams you carry in your pocket because they never really had a good shot at all but they had this two or three shots in this huge chamber you couldn't hear anything you definitely couldn't hear the justices 99 rise 
99 Rise, yeah. I could not get past Los Angeles with these guys, so I couldn't bring it back to the World Workers' Party, which is typically the guys who pull this stuff. Anyway, I'm, I'm, there still may be a connection. I just don't have it. Anyway, so the guy stands up in the in the court uh, where the audience is, which is a huge area. It's like yeah. a, looks like a stadium. You know, and he starts bitching about, uh, what was he bitching about? I can't remember, or something. About the ninety nine percent, and you know, they, yeah, it was all it's, about. Of course, it's ninety nine rise. It's a. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's all about no, but it's all about what's that that case where they uh, that the Democrats are or, or the oh uh, Citizens United. About. Citizens United. The guy stands up. He's bitches. Corporations about are not people. Money is not freedom of speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he yells. Yeah. And so I, as my summary, it's just I didn't expect to give a summary. I'm kind of botching it here, but you were get, they're getting a the point. Yeah. So the guy stands up, and then within a few seconds, some security guys haul his ass out and arrest him because it is illegal to make a fuss in the in the chambers of the Supreme Court. And so Chank yes. comes on his Young Junk. Turk show, and he's going about what a great. What a great patriot this guy is. He's speaking, the 99 Fisters are speaking truth to power. Truth to power. <laughs> crock of crap of ever. But, you know, it was an amusing little aside. The guy will get a, they won't, they won't throw him in jail, but he'll have no. a huge fine. It won't be worth the trouble. And he's still not going to get anybody to join his organization. He's not an organizer. Or he wouldn't be living in this triplex in the Hollywood Hills with some other losers. <laughs> exactly. Hold on a second, John. One second. And bam. 99fists.com is ours. 99fists. <laughs> it's so much better than 99rise. 99fists. All right. So where were we in this? 99fists on the wall. 99fists on the wall. <laughs> Okay, so where were we uh, on this? Oh, yes. Uh, so the constitutional lawyer, Eric, he was uh, at the Supreme Court. I said, now, I'm not allowed to tell you everything he said because he had some very he's – he's a member of the court. Yeah, so okay. So an care. officer of the court. No, but he he could be disbarred for what he yeah, actually no, told Yeah, no, no, you're not going to tell anything. I would not. You never actually heard anything good from him. No. Go on. We heard all kinds of good things from him. No, no, I'm saying. Oh, oh yes. No, never. Um, he felt that the, he, he said, and I wrote it down. Hold on a second. Where is it? I, I, I tend to write these things down now. He says, Good. watching this, watching the Supreme Court, he, he says, very disappointing to him. Um, I don't think he's been to the Supreme Court. Um, you know, at least something that, no, I don't think he's been to the Supreme Court. He says, it was like a freshman senatorial hearing where everyone is pandering to the New York Times editorial board. Talking about the Supreme Court? Yes. Hmm. He, he said it was so disappointing, the questions they asked. And, and he actually said, he, he said, are they, it's like they're all dumb. They're all dumb. <laughs> yeah. He had some other choice words, but, that, but I'm not going to use those. But he was really disappointed, like a freshman senatorial hearing pandering to the New York Times editorial board. Huh. Yeah. There's your Supreme Court. I think that's more that's more valuable than the than the guy speaking truth to power. That video gave you nothing. No, that was just a that was just a joke. Yeah. Anyway, but Chank uh, got a big kick out of it. Uh, he Cenk. now bills himself as the number one online news show. Now, are they only online now? Now that current is oh, yeah, Al Jazeera, yeah, big, right? 
right. I think they have a radio. I think they have some radio oh, outlets. I think okay. they get some clearances. Right. So they're making they're making some real money somewhere else besides. I don't YouTube. think so. These are like you, you, until you get to hundred stations plus, you're not making anything. Yeah. Well, you ha it's it's more percentages of the country. Uh, but it's probably not making much more than his salary. It's very hard to to clear any kind of stations, you know, these days, certainly. Right. With, and you're with, right. If you don't get New York, yeah. you know, you don't get no, If you don't have New York, L.A., Chicago, uh, New York, L.A., Los Chicago, Angeles, New York, that would be L.A., the New York, L.A., Chicago. Oh, L.A.? I thought you were talking about Louisiana. Yeah. Um, no, what is the... There's, I'm just kidding. It's P1s. And what are the other P1s? Uh, there's a couple of, you know, there's one or two in Florida, if you can get some good Florida stations. Um, yeah, I think Miami's a big, big outlet. Uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, uh, what's up north there, uh, Orlando. Uh, Minnesota, how about St. Paul, Minnesota? Yes, yeah, St. Paul, Minnesota, another great market. Yeah, Seattle. I've been, I've been to all of them, yeah, and Seattle, not so, for some reason, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, uh, despite the fact that uh, you clearly do not have the spunk of 99 Rise and are only one of 99 Fists, I do want to thank you for your courage and say, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Huh. In the morning to you, Adam Curry, and in the morning to all the ships at sea and the boots on the ground listen to this show and the feet in the air and the subs in the water and all the dames and knights out there. And to our artists, thank you very much, Wibrowski. Uh, who gave us the art for episode 5905, a truly beautiful piece of original art is highly appreciated. As we appreciate the art from all of our artists, you can find it at noagendaartgenerator.com. We're always looking forward to what we will be able to choose from for our, uh, our episode right after the show. And of course, in the morning to the chat room there, all the human resources at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Good to have you along for the ride. Um, so we don't have a na native advertising, uh, although uh, we could have probably made at least... Four grand on that. Uh, so high for the drug. For the drug, yeah. If if we if we. Well, that's actually shows how the, the guys who they'll be giving high fives over all the free support <laughs> they got. Look at how our our strategy worked. Even those those dickheads those are talking about. Bags, hey, <laughs> they don't get it, do they? No, they're dumb. Yeah, they don't understand how it works. Uh, now now, you want some more blow? <laughs> Is this the drug guys talking? No, these are the advertising guys. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's handing out the blow? The advertising guys. To who? They're all, they're all coked up. But to who? To, the, to each other or to the guys, yeah. guys on the radio? No, no. Oh, that would be a good idea, but that's too risky. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Instead, we have chosen a very simple model. It's called value for value. And, and I see people posting around like, oh, we use the value for value model. Okay, a couple things. Uh, when you say... Send me a tip. That's not value for value. No, that's no. tipping. That's tipping. That's tipping. No, that's different. That's no good. Yeah. And sometimes, no. it, you know, and everyone leaves a nice tip from time to time, but it's not tipping because tipping would, would it's like you, you're paying you're for... You're getting money and you're getting a tip on top of that. Yeah, but it's also like... We're not getting any money. No. And we're so not... So it gets the tip? That makes no sense. A tipping is when you are already buying a product and you want to give the person who handed it to you and did not spit in the product... Right. You know, some a little extra, like, hey, thanks for not spitting on the product. Exactly. We're not, <laughs> we, we're not just only In fact, not, that's what I say to my waiter. <laughs> don't spit in the product. Please. Exactly. Um, we have a balanced, uh, balanced attack today. We have three associate executive producers and three executive producers. Very nice. And I want to thank them all, starting and, with Archduke. Actually, uh, he's just Duke. He's not Archduke. He's Duke. Oh. 
Archduke is the next. I think he's just below uh, Archduke. He's Duke. But I, we'll call him Archduke for now because I could be wrong. Uh, five, I did the numbers, and he, I believe he's Duke, but he could be Archduke. Why even bring it up? I don't know. It's because we've got, it says Archduke here. 596.33. ITM John and Adam, after spending several hours waiting for SFO to lift the ground stop yesterday so I could get home... I must employ you to destroy <laughs> your rain sticks immediately. Yeah. Please find my club. Boy, it was really raining in Los Angeles. Well, it's our fault. Mudslides. Please enclose find my club five, nine, or six membership and my Illuminati tax of 33, of 33 cents. cents. Yes, thank you very much. That's highly appreciated. Well, Sir Duke, uh, David Foley, uh, we, have, we actually did stop uh, a week ago, and there's just remnants, but... You know, people can't complain when they say, oh, we haven't had rain for five years. The farmers are doing nothing's growing. And then we shake the sticks. We get rain everywhere. And now everyone's complaining. You know, I, I've come to the conclusion that people just complain. Yeah. We should just ignore it. Well, I, I, I am. There's no one can dispute the timing of our rain stick operation. Oh, my goodness. All right. All right, here you go. All right. I don't know who's getting it now, but we're definitely sending it. All right. Woohoo! Make it rain! And we'll be making it rain later on the show, too, I might add. Lenart Renkema. Renkema. Renkema in Groningen. 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 3.34 with a simple comment, ITM. In the morning. Uh, and finally, Kevin, for the executive producers, Kevin Hine, 33333 from Auckland. And he does have a note he sent in, which I will dig up. Uh, I thought I had it up. There it is. Hi, John, he says. It's actually got a New Zealand email address, which I suspect is where he is. It was only in January that I came across Twit. You were on the first episode I saw. I brought a new TV with podcast capability, and I came uh, across Twit when searching for various text stuff. He sent me a note. Mm-hmm. Before this note, which was this note, sorry about that, just sent through my first contribution. I stumbled across you on Twitter. I'm a card-carrying skeptic, but not a conspiracy theorist, so I spent the last few weeks trying to figure out if the No Agenda show was for me. Or would Adam go too far? (laughs) So far, it's been brilliant. (laughs) And I look forward to each episode. Based on the value for value model, I thought I'd better pay up and keep you guys on the air. Thank you. He wants two shots to the head. Yeah. And, well, the target is my secret. That's it. All right. Just here we go. Two to the head. Thank you very much. We appreciate your courage. Two to the head. Uh, dropping down to Sir Incognigro, who has uh, now achieved the double and baronet status with $279.69. Plus later, he thinks $69.69, I believe he sent in two checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sent in a long handwritten note that goes oh. on for five, six, seven pages. Did he send and a picture with his note? Why would he send a picture? Because I always, I'm interested in pictures of people. All right. Well, he'll send a picture next time. Uh, all the, the, the note is hard to read, so I'm going to read this part of it, and Wait, I'm going to send you it, a copy because the note was meant for the both of us. Does it? Uh, is it cut out of newspaper uh, letters? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> is it longhand cursive? Give yes, us it's longhand block cursive. letters. You give us a little, uh, a little theater of the mind here, John. Tell me what kind of paper is it written on? It's written on three-hole punched lined paper that uh-huh. you might have find and use in college uh, for a long was composition. It, was it, it goes in a binder? Was what? it taken out of the binder or ripped? 
<laughs> That's telling, I would say, as if you were a detective. Yes. No, it was not probably never in the binder. Okay. And he oh. does mention a few things there that are kind of good. But he, he's, it was a very complimentary note. He loves the show. Either way, he wanted to be here's – here's the kicker. He wanted us to maybe put this off so he could become the Black Knight. Oh, the Black Knight because he's the Incognito. Sir, he wants to be Black Knight, Sir Incognito, but hmm. that didn't happen. We hmm. got the note on time. I'm reading ah, it now, so ah. he's going to have to get lucky. Right. If he's going to get to that status, which is not a status, that just indicates we made a mistake. Yeah, people they want to be. It's, it's like a, it's knight, like a, I don't know it's more like a purple is. heart. It's not really a status. Says either way, thank you for your courage and your uh, inquiring something of Adam Curry. Oh, after his dramatic meltdown on episode four ninety three, right at the end, that mofo uh, got my attention. L O L four nine or three. Uh, that's what he says. Okay. I I had only met your met your something divider some who around some oh yeah he started listening around four fifty, and was really starting to feel my buns hurt or something. I can't read that actually. <laughs> that's what. Anyway, so he started donating after that. Anyway, he's going to have to type these notes. Everyone has a printer. Everyone has a printer. Yeah, but the printers but are, are traceable. Two seven. <laughs> you have a lot of that. You know, too much of that, by the way, people. So four nine or three. The show title was Snowquestration. Yeah, and you melted down at the end. I don't remember you melting down at the end of any show. You usually melt down in the middle. Hmm. And you haven't melted down for a year over a year. Ah. You, still, you get on the edge once in a while, but I back off. Don't uh, you know? Don't get complacent on me. I could, well, I could thank blow it any minute. Negro for his continued support. Also, Sir Michael Allen in Brooklyn, New York, 250 bucks. Sir Michael Allen, Knight of the Railroad Conductors and Mover of Homeless and Drunks, ITM, John and Adam, thank you for your awesome nighting from last week. I'd like to share my two top crazy things that have happened to me in my 12 years being on a train. I had a homeless lady toss her feces at me and it <laughs> oh, missed God. by inches. <laughs> and I locked her in the train car until the cops came. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not protocol. The second was the guy yelling he was going to blow up the train because he thought he lost his iPod on it. <laughs> and later after he was arrested, it was found under the be station bench on the platform. <coughs> anyway, right. thank you and keep spreading the truth. I, I am taking everything back I've said about uh, the train conductors tasing people. In fact, they should give them double the amount of electricity. Just to, just to tase these nut jobs. Yeah, there's too many nut jobs out there. Well, They're is, all over the place. And yeah. I think when I read a note later in the show, I'm getting more and more convinced that it's the media and the whole scene yeah, oh, outside of what we do. Yes. Making people crazy. Well, and yes. And this is what uh, Bad Chad in Colorado, who's on the, am the ambulance, he says, he says, you have no idea. I, he said, I live in the anus of America, on the streets, and it's nothing but these crazy people. And by the way, they call 911 because they're too big to get out of their chair in front of the TV to get their cigarettes from across the room. I'm not making this up. Yeah, we've heard this. Yeah, people call 911 for like, uh, yeah. hey, my, smoke my dog got out of the yard. Uh, can you guys come get it? No, but I can't. I'm too big to get my smokes from I'm the... I'm too from fat the to get up. I need somebody to get me some water. 
And yeah, he's always talking about all the drugs he has. Nine one ones for help and assistance. <laughs> all the drugs he has to help people, you know, like you know, uh, Haldol and all this other stuff, and f- uh, fentanyl. You know, I was like, oh, well, here's another douchebaggy OD'd. Well, we'll bring him back so that then the meth can take over and he can try and rip my head off. No, they should give these guys one thing and one thing only. Just give him the taser. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're too ill to be helped. I feel horrible saying it, but I think two people, some people are too. What? Yeah, nothing. I think some people are very, you're right, and it's the media is making them ill. My, my poor wife is getting ill from this whole uh, Ukraine business. Yes. Mickey? Yes. She, look, okay, Mickey is a European, and she understands that you can drive to Kiev from Amsterdam in not a long time. You know, it's it's shorter from here to Chicago. And she's worried about, because it was just, just, you know, I'm worried, I'm worried, well, I'm worried. Well, there used to be something called the Crimean War, so it's not unusual. And the, the, the world, world wars are triggered by these little events that happen in the middle of <laughs> John, nowhere. John, Ixnay on the Orway, not helping. You're making, these, my, you're making my life well, I mean, miserable. could break out any, any minute. minute now. <laughs> I'm here going, baby, you trust me, don't you? I'm a no agenda, guys. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. Trust me. We're all Any good. minute. <laughs> uh, and she just pulled up. <laughs> any minute now this can happen. All right. So that's... Uh, <laughs> She's still smiling. I don't know if that's a good sign or so not. So Brooklyn, uh, so Michael Allen, I guess he's on the Long Island Railway. Uh, I think he said somewhere. Bells. I can only imagine. You know, uh, I, I, the next time I'm in New York, I'm taking, I usually take the Long Island Railway to, in to town. L-I-double-R? Might run into him. L-I-double-R? Anyway, finally, uh, our last exec- associate executive producer is, is actually another podcast. Oh, Wow. The Grim Erica podcast, which is a uh, podcast, is kind of complimentary. I think it's Grim Erica. No, he says Grim. He says Grim, or Grime. Actually, the way he's got it, but he says pronounced Grime Erica. Grime Erica. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of these guys. They want me to be on Erica. They're always asking me to come on these podcasts. I just don't have the time. I think they got good numbers. Anyway, Graham Dunlap and Darren Grimes of the ah, Grime America show podcast would like to thank you for uh, desalinating the muddy, lamestream media waters for us. Huh. This enables us the time we need to dedicate to our podcast, the Grime America show, where we explore topics on the fringe, oh. some of which you and your producers and listeners may find very interesting. We have... Hmm. John Perkins, the original economic hitman, coming up in early March. Oh, that's cool. I have, by the way, here's the thing, Perkins. I, we interviewed him when uh, I, right. myself and Horowitz interviewed him, I right. think, a couple that, of years but that ago. Was, that was after you sold out or before? After. Uh-huh. And I would ask him a couple of questions. You definitely have to ask him. Ask him what he thinks is going on with, the, with, with, uh, with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Specifically, if economic hitmen uh, represented by the IMF are going in there. Just ask him, see what he says. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's another question I had, too. I can't remember what it was. I'm, so I'm looking at Grimerica.ca. I guess it's a Scandinavian yes, podcast. In Canada. In Canada. Right. Uh, Scandinavia. Uh, so here's the most recent episode is Grimerica Talks 9-11 and False Flags with Kevin Barrett. All right. Yeah, it's uh, he's got it's a uh, Don Esterbrook coming. Uh, the yeah. donation of two three four three three is a combo for nice. the now infamous one two three three three, and uh, making it rain. Uh, 
for now when the club opens, when we'd like to call out Erica to the main stage, she'll go on. We're going to do this today, and she's going to go on the next one because I've got it written up. Wait a minute, wait, wait. Erica's part of the Gramerica podcast? Yeah, get it. Yeah, hello. Oh, Grimes and Erica. Oh, oh man, I'm sorry. She's also a stripper, apparently. <laughs> uh, I'm going back to the website. Was there a she photo says page? Our, she's our virtual digital lap dancing girlfriend experience. Also, please give us some podcast karma from the best podcast in the universe. You guys uh, make a great team and keep up the good work. There are truly, uh, these are the truly the most interesting times. Yeah, well, absolutely. Here's some karma for you. Sure. You've got karma. Uh, send a picture. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to Google it. Of picture. Erica. Yes. Well, duh. Let me see. Uh -huh. America, Erica. Let me see if I can find a picture of Erica. Probably not. No. They kind of describe her as a lap dancing girlfriend experience virtual girl. Is that a move? Is that a, a morning zoo show they're running over there? I don't know. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. If you got three people, two guys and a girl, you, but and talking about fringe issues, that's pretty interesting. Hmm. So, so anyway, uh, Perkins, yeah, you got to ask him about uh, what's going on in the Ukraine, and, and uh, you know, he he's not going to. He doesn't seem to be forthcoming anymore. He seems to have backed way off uh, as if somebody, you know, has yeah, a gun yeah. to his dog's head. Yeah, maybe he has a family. Maybe he's just being yeah, careful. It's not gonna, so you're not going to get a lot out of him no. at this point. The book tells it all, and that's that. Yeah. Uh, and that's our group for today, uh, show 5964, away from show 600. I want to thank them and everyone else who donated to the show. Obviously, we'll get to them later. And go to Dvorak.org slash NA to continue support for the show coming up next Thursday. Dvorak.org slash NA. And besides those being actual credits for our producers, uh, we'd like you to remember to go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out. We hit people in the mouth. Shut up, slave. Hey, uh, it's a new month, John. Yeah. Which means we have some presidential proclamations, which oh. is very important. Always. Uh, yeah, let's get to those. Uh, we have, uh, it is, um, uh, and just in time for the war in Europe, American Red Cross Month. Well, I guess it's only American Red Cross Month, so it doesn't really count for Europe. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, it is a different operation. The yes, International Red Cross yeah, is different. That's true. Uh, in fact, on the bloodied battlefields of the Civil War, Clara Barton risked her life to aid the wounded, raise spirits, and deliver dearly needed medical supplies. She went on to found the American Red Cross in 1881. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Uh, therefore, I here do by proclaim March 2014 as American Red Cross Month. I encourage all Americans to observe this month with appropriate programs, ceremonies, and activities by supporting the work of service and relief organizations. Very good. I'm surprised you didn't mention you should give blood. Yeah, that's We got your tax dollars, now give blood. Which is how they make money, actually, because they sell the blood back to hospitals. Yeah. Uh, also by presidential proclamation, it is Irish American Heritage Month. Oh! That's right. Centuries after America welcomed the first sons and daughters of the Emerald Isle to our shores. They weren't welcomed. They, well, they said welcomed. 
Yeah, that's a lie. Irish heritage continues to enrich our nation. Why were they not welcomed? They, nobody welcomed any of the immigrants. Really? Because they were going to take jobs away. They were lowballing <laughs> the, whoever was there before them. Wait a minute. I thought that bring your huddled, your tired masses. Yeah, so yeah, because that was big business. They wanted to get these people in it for cheaper labor. It's just a very common thing. Okay. That's why the Republicans are all don't want to, you know, they want to get more, you know, labor from Mexico that worked mm. under the table for cash. Well, I do hereby proclaim March 2014 as Irish American Heritage Month. You'll have to share it with the American Red Cross. I call upon all Americans to observe this month with appropriate ceremonies, activities, and programs. And then, well, it's not Get all. drunk. It's <laughs> a good program. And uh, it is also, by presidential proclamation, wow, what? Women's History Month. Okay. Throughout our nation's history, American women have led movements for social and economic justice. The women versus the Irish. Made, and the American Red Cross made groundbreaking scientific discoveries, enriched our culture with stunning works of art and literature, and charted bold directions in our foreign policy. Yeah, but no... Hello, Hillary. No woman made Facebook. This month, we are reminded that even in America, freedom and justice have never come easily. Oh, this is an inequality bit. As part of a centuries-old and ever-evolving movement, countless women have put their shoulder to the wheel of progress. Activists who gathered at Seneca Falls and gave expression to a righteous cause. Trailblazers. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no kidding. Jeez. Uh, okay, I hereby uh, call upon all Americans to observe this month and to celebrate International Women's Day on March 8th with okay. appropriate programs, ceremonies, and activities. March 8th. Is that a day that we do a show? I don't know. I also invite all Americans to visit www.womenshistorymonth.gov to learn more about the generations of women who have left enduring imprints on our history. Isn't that nice? And uh, those three come right above, I didn't know this either, the continuation of the national emergency with respect to Zimbabwe. I did not know this. We are in a state of national emergency because we of the, are in a state. A continued state of national emergency. We, we, the Americans, the United States, including the women, the Red Cross, and the Irish Americans. We are in a state of national emergency. The country. Yes, we are, sir. Huh. Uh, the, to transmit to the Congress a notice stating that the emergency is to continue in effect beyond the anniversary date. In accordance with this provision, I have sent to the Federal Register for publication the enclosed notice stating the threat constituted by the actions and policies of certain members of the government of Zimbabwe and other persons to undermine Zimbabwe's democratic process or institutions has not been resolved. These actions and policies continue to pose an unusual and extraordinary threat to the foreign policy of the United States. For this reason, I've determined it is necessary to continue this national emergency and to maintain in force the, st the sanctions to respond to this threat. What does it mean when we're, even though I find this to be disturbing because it's stupid, but what does it mean when we're in a state of national emergency? Does that mean they can spy on us more? <clears throat> we have specifically, what is a national emergency? Okay. What does it All have right. to do with us? Be vigilant, citizen. Be vigilant. You never know when some Zimbabwe guy is going to terrorize you. Maybe. Zimbabweans. Uh, I, isn't that the place that we have those trillion-dollar bills from? 
Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. making tons of money off that. I got the Zimbabwe trillion dollar bill. What kind of risk are those? Of them. I, I know. two or three. People. I haven't seen anything lately, though. That what last kind of, one was. What kind of risk do those guys pose? <laughs> they, they, they got a trillion dollar bill, which you know, is worth a dollar. Not even. How can that be dangerous to society? Uh, no, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. Oh wow! Anyway, there was lots and lots of fun. Um, I I was I kind of went a little clip crazy, to be quite honest. Mainly well, because let me get a couple of my clips out of the yeah, way, though. Yeah, please do. do. Yeah, I was most intrigued by the the news hour, especially Sharia, not whatever his name is, the guy who they gave the weekend show to, and I don't even know what they do that. Shia LaBeouf. What? Shia LaBeouf. No, no, the guy that's the the uh, kind of the I don't even know if he's if he's South Asian or black. I can't tell. Honestly, I really don't watch the news hour a lot. Okay, well, this guy seemed very upset by the Yahoo story this week. Oh, the webcam story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when he's telling the story, it's as though he's that's funny felt that he was doing something. I'm, I'm I'm watching this, and the guy it looks like he's nervous about doing the about story at all. The story because. Uh-huh. Well, let's hear play Yahoo and uh, and the GCHQ1. Comb through it. both the imagery and the associated data around where those images came from to both find targets that it already had in its intelligence gathering purposes and figure out new targets. So you're saying that it's not just the targeted folks that got swept up in this net. What about Americans that were using Yahoo web chat between 2008 and 2010? Should they be concerned that there are like images him. of them stored either? <laughs> On uh, grinder.video.yahoo.thingy. Like the NSA or GCHQ now? It's a major question because uh, GCHQ, like the NSA, does not have the ability on the front end of its bulk collection programs to filter out data coming from the U.S. and coming from the U.K. Hold on one second. He's telling me that what every other ad network can do, which is basically geolocation, so they can send you an ad in your appropriate language that the uh, GCHQ and NSA do not have that capability to say, oh, this is from America, we shouldn't capture that? Is that what I just heard him say? Yeah, huh. yeah. What a liar. Uh, we didn't... Well, no, they... Uh, no, uh, yes, you're no, right. Bubba Bub. The point, would, I want to back up, because I don't know if everyone's aware of this, but what happened when they found the GACHQ, which is the NSA of, of Great Britain, got caught with all this, all this data... Uh, from Yahoo, and uh, we've known, I think even when we first started the show, we talked about this. It's it's a known fact that the trick was, oh, you can't spy on Americans. Okay, let's let GHGCHQ yeah, spy, spy on, on them Americans. For us. Yeah. And we'll spy on the British, yeah. and then we'll put it, the systems together, and hey, we didn't spy on Americans. That's what the whole Five Eyes is about. That's exactly yeah. how it works, yeah. Anyway, back. Get direct answers as to how many Americans, if any, um, have been collected, but uh, the rules and the laws that GCHQ is under on the search end, when analysts can look through this database, distinguish merely between people believed to be in the UK and people not believed to be in the UK. So uh, okay. Americans' data, Americans' imagery data that's been caught up in this uh, could, in fact, be searched by GCH. I love the, how, the, how, how the language is used. Like, it's caught up. It was swept up. It's, uh, you, the idea is to conjure oh, up... helpless! Helpless! No, the idea is to conjure up kind of like 
the reality show is the greatest catch where they're going for lobster or crab <laughs> and the, and they pull catch. up like you know little tuna or something like oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to, to oh, sweep up the tuna little tuna whatever they pick up you know barracudas or whatever they got on that show Thank you uh, the most important partner of the NSA from surveillance purposes. So what did they do with all these pictures? What's the facial recognition element? The facial recognition element is fascinating because it's an emerging technology that even the documents uh, concede just really isn't precisely mature yet. The idea what would oh, be... Oh, hey, stop. So I got a copy of the facial recognition memo. Mm -hmm. An inordinate number, it says, of people with one squinty eye <laughs> seem to be in the database. Really? Does it really say that? No. Uh, from an intelligence perspective, if you had a partial identifier, maybe an email address or part of a screen name of an intelligence target, but didn't really have much more than that, potentially, if you swept up all of this Yahoo webcam data, you might be able to find the image of someone's face uh, or someone's body type, and that a could be used part. Uh, as part of a way of targeting this person, finding out more about this person, and if necessary, apprehending that person. Is there anything in the documents that says this program stopped? Is it still no, going it, on? Uh, it's an interesting question. We didn't get uh, a precise answer to it. Um, the uh, latest the documents indicate that it was still active is 2012. But uh, when we asked if it is ongoing or if it stopped, uh, we, we got uh, responses similar to the one that you read out that um, discussed uh, matters of the law and how all of this was legal, not whether or not this actually stopped. I have a question for you, John, about this. Um, now, this was based on uh, yet more PowerPoint slides from uh, uh, Eric Snowden there, Edwin Snowden. Correct? Is it? I believe so. Okay. But what I'm, you know, all this great journalism that Glenn this Greenwald didn't come out of Glenn Greenwald, though, well, so I'm always wondering where it came from. That's they may actually, rep somebody did some work, because there were questions answered. But this is my point. Yeah. This $250 million WordPress blog, they really, since they launched, they really haven't had anything explosive like this. I mean, this was. No, kind of, this, this is, is a Guardian story. This is that kind was of, a Guardian yeah, reporter. This is kind of the story that you want, you know, particularly if you're, if you're, you know, drive my car yeah. and grind, grind them out. This so is wait, what let you me want. guess what you would let. Wait, hold on a second. Are you driving at possibly that this new website just sort of, sort of a, a blog. corrupt blog? blog that is like distracting it pushes it it's taking the subject away because this story which would this guy never heard of before he's the reporter on this and he they went and did some real reporting where you ask people questions uh you're maybe telling me that now the the whole thing that we're just being scammed by this intercept well I will say that when we were talking earlier on the show, and I and I glanced over at the chat room, which I purposely have on a whole on a third monitor far away. I w I'm always surprised by people who are angry that we are calling the validity of this quarter billion dollar blog into question, uh, particularly when all I read about is the journalists producing journalism about themselves or their partners. Uh, or how they're detained, or how they've been misquoted, mistreated, or are speaking truth to power. But I really haven't seen any great reporting on this particular blog just yet. Yeah, yeah. And you think that this particular story that we're talking about would now... Would be the one for the blog. Yahoo Images and facial recognition and this thing owned by yeah. GCHQ. And as they go on, when we listen to the second half, or, I'll just or, summarize. Or, it, it, question... They, 
question. Yeah, play part two, but I just want to say that what this is becoming more apparent that the, these two agencies that are in cahoots. So what are the legal consequences there? Was GCHQ allowed to do something that perhaps the U.S. government wouldn't do, or does the U.S. government have to get approval from the FISA court for all this? It's a, it's a fascinating question. GCHQ is under fewer legal constraints than the NSA is uh, from uh, the sort of equivalent privacy laws, which aren't really equivalent, but for the sake of this discussion, close enough. All GCHQ analysts have to uh, have is a reasonable suspicion, not even reasonable from a particularly uh, legally uh, binding context, that uh, its intelligence targets uh, are genuine from out of this program. If they want to search for it, the protections are about whether they they have reason to believe that uh, the accounts associated are inside or outside the UK. Beyond that, not really a lot. Uh, The question that that still remains outstanding that NSA wouldn't address uh, is what its level of access is uh, to Mm -hmm. this database. Uh, they didn't directly address that to us when, when we went to them on that. And NSA's tools, like the X-Keyscore query tool, uh, are said in the documents to work alongside this data. So there are suspicions uh, that remain outstanding as to uh, the degree to which NSA was able to access this data. Did your bell fall over? You hit it so hard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ding, yeah, ding, apparently ding. the database is compatible. <laughs> you're, like, you're like that old guy in the wheelchair on, uh, on uh, Breaking Bad. Do you remember the uncle? No, I don't. I never watched that. Show. Oh my God! You're per- just- I've only watched a couple episodes. I've always enjoyed it, but I realized that I was another show. I don't want to invest myself. Okay, okay. Into you don't have to. Can I just ask you to do one thing? I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to hit the bell two times quick, like ding, ding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you know where Gren Greenwald is? No, just t- it's two taps. <laughs> Just too t- <laughs> no good. You never, you never watched even. You, you didn't even get through season one. I apparently, saw one, I saw the one episode I did watch and enjoy was where the guy had the head on top of the turtle <laughs> and it blew up. That, that was a great one. <laughs> now the rest now, downhill from there. I saw the first episode and I didn't think much. You know, I said, okay, I can see. Never mind. Saying. Never mind. I'm, I take it all back. Now let's go to anyway. So the, this is like a the story. There's two things about the story that's interesting. One, of course, is that the Intercept didn't get the story, even though they supposedly have all the documents. The Intercept. Intercept. They didn't get the story, and they have all the documents supposedly. The other thing is, here's the guy from the Guardian. He's in New York in the studio, talking to these guys. Whereas. Greenwald won't come in and do anything. He just stays at home in and Brazil yells, and yells and tweets. And he yaks and yaks and he talks over people because there's a delay that's a mile long. It's just ridiculous. I found a a clip about this particular story, which I picked up specifically because people, uh, I think certainly people like the uh, the Intercept uh, crew over there, they don't understand that America doesn't care. See, if if you're producing this journalism for the United States market... America doesn't care anymore about this. The story is, is no people right. People should have been up in arms about no, the first revelations, no, no. and this particular story should make them all all walk out of Yahoo and never go back. Instead, on CBS, the prostitute is just laughing about it. The allegation that the government is not only reading and listening but also watching our private lives is bound so to I intensify that debate. I need to do that. <laughs> There is one thing, though, that's got Britain's laugh. 
laughing this morning, Anthony and Nora. It's the revelation in the GCHQ documents that their analysts had to be warned to use caution when they were looking at the intercepts because up to 11% of them contain what it called undesirable nudity. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I made a penis reference. <laughs> Vagina. That is your, that is CBS News. These people make millions of dollars. <laughs> Undesirable body they're, they're part. giggling. Whereas it is, it is unconscionable that they are, yeah, that they are giggling about this gross intrusion. We finally, we have a way to communicate body parts with each other in some kind form of privacy, but yet <laughs> no we don't. Privacy. Yeah, and they're giggling about it. There's, there's no outrage. It's, it's, because ah, you know we all show our penis. Ah. You disgust me, CBS. We should, you know what? These, these people, along with Bill Gates, need to be stopped. Also, the Customs and Border Patrol need to be stopped. stopped. Too. Need to be stopped. These people, these people need to be stopped. I'm telling you. It doesn't matter. If, if all bets are off because tonight is the Oscars. Uh, I can guarantee you one thing. Nothing will happen in Ukraine tonight. Nothing. Oh, too much action. No, you can't. Can can... While you're talking about the Oscars, I do want to play a clip. Oh, boy. Now, there is a... Uh, oh, let's see. What's the name of this thing? It's called the... Uh, actually, yeah, the active... Okay, this is going to be a very interesting Oscars from the, do, from the documentary. Because there's two documentaries on here that are going to tear apart the left wing and liberal members of the uh, academy. And one is uh, Dirty Wars, I guess. Dirty Wars is Scale Hills. Mm -hmm. But the better one, and I think the one that should win, which will irk Scale Hill, and nobody really wants to see him up on the stage. No. He's a chatterbox, and he's been on too much stuff. <laughs> and, he, and he's going to go up there. And they want to get this guy that, who did the act of killing. Can I tell you another reason why Scahill will not win? Because why? his movie was financed by the self-loathing Jew from South Africa, not oh, compatible right, that, yeah. with Hollywood Jew. Right, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. In fact, that's the best point. But this is the one that should win, which is The Act of Killing. Mm -hmm. And it was done by another character who is much more sincere than Scahill, and he's got... And it's it's essentially he went to Indonesia in the, in the mid '60s. And I'll, you play the clip. In the mid '60s, there was a, an extermination of almost a million Indonesians by the government that took over the place. Yeah. And it was a mass. You know, was the wait a minute? Was, wasn't wasn't that the Netherlands that were involved in that? Wasn't that the the Lowlands, or was that is that his way after the? No, he mentions, but, but the U.S. was complicit, mm. <laughs> and which means uh, Lyndon Johnson, the Democrat. Ah. And and what he did, he went over there to do a documentary on it, and he couldn't get anyone to talk, and the, the army was irked about this. And somebody suggested to him that instead of talking to the, the surviving victims, he should talk to the guys who did it. And what was weird, and he says it in here, they were more than happy to talk about it and brag about it. Wow. And they did a bunch, and, and not only that, but he took them to the point where they did reenactments, and all these guys wanting to be stars. <laughs> they would jump they, right in. They jumped right <laughs> in. They gave him directions. Says, no, that's oh. not the way you gut the man. Oh, wow. You take the knife here, and then you give it to him across there, and his guts fall. You know, that kind <laughs> of thing. 
And so he, so he was aghast, but meanwhile, he's getting a good movie out of it. And here's, the, here's what happened on NewsHour. When the Army found out what we were doing, the Army uh, warned them, threatened them not to participate in the film. The survivors then said, okay, if you can't film us, try and film the perpetrators. You might find out what happened to us. When I approached the perpetrators, they were boastful, eager to show what they'd done, eager to take me to the places where they killed and show how they killed, and then started to suggest stylizations, improvements. And I realized that if we could let them do that, we would be able to expose the whole regime that the killers had built. I mean, the obvious question is, uh, is, is, how did you get them to talk to you? But it sounds as though it wasn't a problem at all. These men have never been removed from power. Uh, never been removed from power. They're still in power. They've never been forced to admit what they've done is wrong. And therefore, they've been able to cling to the lie, namely the victor's history that they've told ever since 1965, justifying their actions and imposing that version of the events on their whole society. And when they met me as an American, knowing that the United States supported, participated in, and ultimately helped uh, to, to, to ignore and deny what had happened, they were open immediately. I want to show one little clip here, and it is of one of the main characters, Anwar Congo. Just tell us a little bit about him by way of introducing this. Anwar Congo was, in fact, the 41st perpetrator whom I filmed. He was more boastful than anyone else, but underpinning it was a shame, a pain, a trauma. And mm -hmm. I recognize that the boasting and guilt are two sides of the same coin. I lingered on him, and he's the one who started to propose these ever more elaborate dramatizations, almost as though he was trying to run away from what he knows is wrong about what he did. Huh. So there's your winner. Yeah, I'm also, I'm just looking at, uh, at IMDb and who produced it. There's some pretty heavy hitters on this. This is way, way heavier hitters than, uh, than Dirty Wars. Yeah, Dirty Wars is lightweight material. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to see this one to, to know for sure. Yeah, I mean, i like to yeah. see both of them. I yeah. mean, I, actually, I think Dirty Wars is played. I've seen parts of it. It's it's good, but it's just basically pounding the drone program and, you know, right. Obama. Right. I mean, it's it's very, it's just that Scahill stuff, you know? It's just that, you know, the democracy now is perfect. I've never seen this guy in democracy now. This is, you know, and she's a big no. nutball about no. East Timor, Timor. And, but I don't know that this guy's ever been on democracy. I mean, he probably has, but not like Scahill. No. Oh, by the way, it's out today, John. Do you hear this? Do you know what this is? Can you, can you name that tune? This is just the intro. Name, House of Cards. Name that. No, it's not House of Cards. Sorry. No. You may recognize it. When it Hannibal. No, oh, I'm sorry. It's not. No, that is incorrect. The Bleeding Dead. Uh, no, but you're getting closer. One more try. Uh, the, the the Living Dead. The Walking Dead. The Dead. Mm. Recognize it now. That, my friend, is Pussy Riot. Oh, Pussy Riot's got their new album. It's <laughs> album. No, it's their new single. It's uh, two minutes and 40, 14 seconds long. It's uh, they're going back. It's a short single. And this, of course, is... Uh, the Walking Dead part <clears throat> now. It's funny. Yeah, exactly. Uh, none of the girls actually sing on this track. Oh, why should they? Uh, <laughs> they're too pretty. Uh, well, the title of the track of is uh, Putin Will Teach You How to Love the Motherland. In fact, I think that's the entire lyric. Yeah. One, two, one, two. Uh, Putin will teach you to love the motherland, motherland, motherland. Putin, Putin, Putin. 
And of course, the video, as predicted, is them being whipped by Cossacks. Of course. It's great. You nailed it when you it's saw it. It's great. And they've yeah, added... they were whipped by Cossacks at the Olympics, <laughs> supposedly, but they were actors, <laughs> and it was used for this video. And when you see it, you see that you know the, guy, the Cossacks are actually part of the crew, too. They're actually filming part of the video. Oh, they show that? Yeah, and somehow they got their footage. It's amazing how that happens. The <laughs> and Cossacks... meanwhile, the news media <laughs> laps it up. Hook, and sinker took that one right with them. Laps it up. I swear <laughs> to God, the actual footage from the Cossacks whipping them, it would have even it would have been only better if the Cossack had Google Glass and they were using that video. That would have that would have been the only thing that better. That would have been a topper. And, and you know, and these girls, they're and they're so hot. Every single one of them is smoking hot. Activists don't come in this packaging. Is my uh, is no, my this experience? Is a deal. This is rigged. Yeah, and the, and the, they're not they're not even lip syncing the words. They're just they're just blabbing around. <laughs> well, they do the kind of the punk thing where you have the mic and you bend over so you can't see. You know, it's like a Millie Vanilli job. Dance around a lot so they don't notice your mouth is nowhere at all in sync with the words. They don't have to, they, you know, it just takes too much work to get it in sync. <laughs> it's really genius. That's Britney Spears level money. <laughs> yeah, right. It really, really is genius. Genius, I say. What are they trying to accomplish? Well, it's just an NGO funded stuff. Just F Russia, F Putin. Yeah, they, they, I, I think they kind yeah, of... I, I want to solicit somebody out there, one of our producers who likes to do clips and stuff. I want to hear... A, there used to be a thing on Hogan's Heroes, which they're rerunning now on some of the channels. Uh, I want a version of... Uh, Colonel Clink's Clink. Going, Hogan! I want Putin! Are you you want someone to... Oh, okay. That may, that may be hard. I also it think it's hard. it's a reference that may not work on most care. people I anymore want, i think we can revitalize it because i okay. think it's you gotta you have a clip you play something i need it as a All kicker right. at the end where someone goes putin <laughs> but it's got to be a better voice than mine let's move over to ukraine because we have boots on the ground in ukraine as you can well imagine uh we have one of our producers um, a knight actually uh, but who, for some understandable reasons, does not want to be mentioned by name, but his boots on the ground, and he has been doing some research for us. And he, I think he did something very interesting. Um, if you really wanted to know the truth in any society, if you really want to get the what, what the public is feeling, what the public is thinking, the person you want to talk to is obviously a webcam girl. <laughs> And he surveyed a couple of them. He says, Russian-speaking Eastern Ukrainian cam girls were telling me that they and their Russophone friends were not pro-Russia, despite what I kept hearing on the news. Therefore, thusly, why because? I decided to do some research. Webcam girl number one. Smoking hot, studies economics. Ethnic Ukrainian, but with Russian as mother tongue. This is a survey you will not hear anywhere ladies and gentlemen no this is true did not think joining eu made economic sense yet maybe in 10 years she's not pleased with what has happened in kiev she talks of armed protesters overthrowing the president interesting a new parliament forming and kicking out kicking ex-president out voting for themselves a new cabinet and she asks me is this democracy when i ask if she then is a yanukovych supporter she replies hell no he's horrible Unfortunately, though, many wish to kill him. I do not wish this. 
And that is webcam girl number one. Webcam girl number two, also smoking hot, ethnic Ukrainian with Russian as mother tongue, apparently not studying economics. Can also speak Ukrainian, lives in a big city in the East, hates Yanukovych, and supports Kyiv actions. Says that most in her city are pro-Ukraine, anti-Yanukovych. Just because she, they speak Russian does not mean they are pro-Russia. Is sick of all the violence in her city and in Ukraine in general, is afraid of war. Quote, poor Ukraine, poor Crimea, she keeps saying. A couple other people I've spoken with, native Ukrainian speakers from Kyiv, are not against uses of the Russian language. When I told them I've actually started to learn to speak Russian, they said, I hope you don't hate me. They replied, why would we hate you? We speak Russian too. Uh, so that is a, uh, a survey from Boots on the Ground. From, uh, and that, of course, really does tell you something about what's happening. Uh, but there's some annoying messaging going on here in the United States. And it was interesting to watch this weekend because CNN clearly had received a message even though the president uh, apparently did not attend the national security briefing. You caught that? Yeah, I found that peculiar. Because the guy is not engaged. And what he was doing, we'll talk about later. He was raising money, essentially. Um, so they had everybody. Uh, Brolf, uh, Brolf was on, and the, even Fareed Zakaria. By the way, before, before you go on, you, him raising money, he's doing it for his all, his kind of, he's creating a pack, and he intends to have one of the greatest political mailing lists which is going to steal, yeah. essentially, yeah. from himself. Yep. And he's going to rent it to all these politicos, and yep. that's going to make him worth millions. Do you think we could sell our list to him? Our list is not for sale. Oh. You sure? Yes. <laughs> uh, so Fareed Zakaria was even out. And that, and that, and they, now we know Fareed Zakaria, besides him being an anti-constitutional douchebag, uh, who actually says we should get rid of the Constitution. He has said this. Yes. He has lunches and drinks with the president all the time. So it is my belief that he had a, a chat and he was sent on his merry way during the weekend, mind you, because he always tapes his show on Thursdays or Fridays. So he had to work and he was doing a live shot with Brolf and he was bringing the message. Now, interesting what that message was. It's a two-parter. Here he is first with Brolf. Uh, let's find out what he's learning. Right, Fareed, what the president of the United States says, as, as he just did a few minutes ago... And, and Brolf is even setting it up. He's like, the president... What, you know, hey, you were just there with the president. What did he really say? In the White House, he says there will be costs of any military intervention in Ukraine. He didn't define what those costs are, but nobody realistically thinks the U.S. or the EU or NATO are going to get involved militarily in what's going on in Ukraine. What is he talking about? Financial sanctions, if you will, or political uh, sanctions against Russia if there is a formal military intervention in Ukraine? I think the president was wise to leave it vague because you never in international relations want to specify in advance, you know, what you're going to do. You want to leave all your options on the table. But you're, you're right, Wolf. Probably there isn't a military option here for the United States or for Europe. But there are economic sanctions. There is a G8 meeting coming up, a summit. Remember, the G8 was the seven richest countries of the world invited Russia to be part of that exclusive club because it, it's, you know, it surrendered during the, the Cold War, became part of the international community. That could be, that could be something I would, I would very seriously consider whether Russia's membership in the G8 could be suspended. There are those <laughs> kinds of acts. Russia very much wants to be considered 
a leading power. And if it were to send troops in in an overt invasion, I think Russia should be suspended from the G8. Now, let's talk about this for a second. Okay, before you do that, there's something he said in there that caught my attention. Okay. He said Russia surrendered during the Cold War. What's he talking about? Oh, I didn't catch that. That's an excellent catch. This is why audio is so good and why two sets of ears is better. Did he so really say that? Yes. Let's roll that back for a second. His uh, membership in the G8 could be suspended. Uh, let's go back just a little bit That more. exclusive club because it, it's, you know, it surrendered during the, the Cold War. Became <laughs> <laughs> wow, good catch. He became a member of that exclusive club because it surrendered during the Cold War. It Bullcrap. What are, is he talking about? The G8. And I, of course, I did a little research on the G8 because I couldn't remember. It really is an energy drinking club. And it, and, and Russia, and it started in 1973, the height of the oil crisis. It's a drinking club where they drink energy drinks? <laughs> yeah, Red Bull. Uh, it started it, it, it started in 73 or se maybe 75 now that I'm reading it. Um, and it was France. It was it was the oil guys. France, Germany, Italy, Japan, UK, United States. Uh, that was the G6, and they and then they brought in the Scandinavians because of course they had a lot of oil. But you know, we figured that out. It was the G7, and then in 1998 we brought in Russia because they surrendered because they surrendered ten years ago apparently because <laughs> they surrendered ten years earlier at the Cold War, and um, and you know Russia was an energy supplier. So this is the big. This is the big thing. Oh, we're going to kick you out of the G8. Who cares? It's stupid. It's it's completely nonsensical. It's not even G8. Europe a, yeah. Europe gets to sit there with the you know the president of the no, EU, it's the president a total of the council. Club. It's a drinking club. Now, what has ever come out of the G8? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay. The WTO meetings things happen. Yes, that's different. And and he may be confused because WTO, they were recently admitted. That's, a, that's different than the G8. But anyway, this is the big thing. And I think that's why the president doesn't give a crap because there's going to be no engagement. And, and this is the message from Fareed. Now, Fareed did something bad here. Um, because, see, I, I watched all the news channels because uh, I was, as I said, I had the birthday party last night. So I was prepping all day yesterday. And I'm seeing every night. Oh, 2,000 uh, troops, troops, Senate troops. Ah, they've approved troops, they've approved uh, oh, troops, troops. And Fareed Zakaria blows it by saying that that's not true, that there is, you know, this turns out to be a hoax. And immediately, Brolf shuts him up and takes him over to the two other shills in the studio uh, to, to talk about how dangerous it is and... There's a huge lie in here. What, the, what is going on now is very low-grade activity. As you know, there was one report about 2,000 Russian troops coming on an aircraft, but that has not been confirmed, even though it was rumored for several hours. And it does not, again, right now, does not appear to be true. Stand by, uh, Fareed, uh, Gloria Borger. And, uh, shut up, shut up. Get him off. Send it to Gloria Borger. Uh, and uh, Jim Shudo are here with me in the Situation Room. Uh, Jim, uh, the Russians have already got some sort of explanation uh, of why there are at least some Russian troops in Crimea. <laughs> so, wow. So, so Fareed literally just said, it's not true. Yeah, and then Brol says, "Hey, hey, uh, I've got the people in, script, the, in the studio here to say to prove that this true." Right, the Russian ambassador to the UN, Vitaly Cherkin, just saying to cameras a short time ago, less than an hour ago, that this movement of troops falls within the agreement that Russia has 
with Ukraine. So they're saying that this is legal, not an invasion, but they're coming in uh, under the auspices of a deal that they had with Ukrainian authorities. So they're, they're creating a narrative here short of an invasion. Uh, but another thing it, stands in my What? I was just, I thought it was over. I was no, no, no. Well, no, wait, wait for it. Here comes the big lie. My mind. I got some guidance earlier today before we had confirmation that these were Russian troops on the ground. And someone said to me, you know, I asked the question about is Russia planning a Georgia-like invasion? Uh, and this a few years ago, Russian they, troops actually did invade the neighboring country. Exactly. Yeah. Around an Olympic Shut in 2008. up! Shut up! What bull crap. But this is in the New York Times today, John. It's in the oh, it's, yeah. It's we'll in keep... the New York Times. Here, let me yeah, read it you to know, you. You stay with the old. You got a narrative. You worked on it. It, it. it serves a purpose. So let's use it. But it's bullshit, boss. It's bullshit, boss. We're using it. Okay, boss. Uh, th th it really, really is egregious. This okay. This is the New York the New York Times. Yeah. Yeah. You mean the guys who use native advertising? Those guys. Uh, James F. Jeffrey was Mr. Bush's deputy national security advisor in August 2008 and first informed that Russian troops were moving into Georgia. And, and, and I, I pulled a couple um, of articles. So here's the Los Angeles Times. Not too shabby, I would say. I just pulled one from November 17, 2008, where the, the headline is correct, Georgia's shameful attack on South Ossetia, which is what actually happened. Chakashvili, who was the shill uh, for the, the United States, attacked South Ossetia and the Russians retaliated to save their uh, Russian passport holders. But to see the New York Times, Peter Baker, um, in news analysis under World Today, actually stating that Russia uh, invaded Georgia is is a lie of epic proportions. And yeah, there may be a narrative, but th it's unacceptable. To you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, let's go to uh, the my favorite bald guy, uh, Doug Herbert, who's in the capital of uh, Crimea, where all this action's taking place. And, and here's what he says during this period where the Russians are invading. Uh, I'm not quite sure what clip I'm uh, Russians not in capital. <sighs> Sorry. We are in the center of Semperopol, and while we've heard many reports, and we ourselves have seen uh, military troop transport trucks, some with Russian license plates, on the outskirts, on the roads around uh, the Crimean capital here, we have not seen, I have not seen, uh, any uh, tanks rolling down the streets. I haven't seen armed Russian soldiers patrolling the streets of this capital. Uh, we have to be just very careful before uh, we ramp up the rhetoric and talk about an armed invasion. Oh, okay. Well, that's not the message we were seeing here. In fact, I have uh, see. Oh, this is, uh, is this. This may be the Scandinavian news to Ukraine now, where a show of force from Russia threatens to show destabilize the newly formed government. Destabilize that that headline alone should get this woman fired. It's, it's completely trumped up crap. Vice President Barack Obama <laughs> warned Russia about inflaming Woo! tensions. Any military intervention in Ukraine, he said, would come with costs. Senior correspondent Susan Ormiston is in Crimea that, with the latest. No, he didn't say that. But here is the woman on the ground is even funnier. Susan. 
When the Ukraine has confirmed that Russian attack helicopters and military transport planes... It's like attack helicopters, which is almost like saying assault rifles or, you know, guard dogs or guardians of reality. Yeah, attack, heli- attack yeah. helicopter. Flown into Ukrainian airspace. The- I got attack helicopters flying over my house twice a week. The airspace over Crimea has now been closed to all commercial traffic. The escalation began... Because <laughs> it's such a hotbed of tourism. That's not early- true. <laughs> It's not true? No, that's a total lie. Oh, well, duh. Surprise, In surprise. In fact, I, I have a clip, but I, I'm going to tell you what the report is. There's a bunch of, it looks like Russian militia, but they're not. They're, they're, right, they're Crimean militia guys that have yeah. taken over the airport. The build, yeah, exactly. The commercial airport, which they say it's banned, and they have they have made sure that traffic keeps coming and going. And all they're they're there for, they say, is to prevent uh, a bunch of troublemakers coming in from uh, from Kiev. Is this the and if arm- somebody comes in, including the guy who took over the place? Is that they're the- going to probably send him back? Is that the armed militia in uh, in Crimea? Yeah, yeah. Let me play militia. it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. The airport in Crimea's regional center of Simferopol is operating normally. Reports say even after armed groups stormed airport grounds and moved in and out of the control tower. The dozen or so men are dressed in military fatigues, the same gear as the men who are still present around the local parliament in Simferopol after another group seized government buildings and raised the Russian flag. They say they're part of a volunteer group called the People's militia of Crimea. We are here to ensure general order. We don't want radicals coming on planes from Kiev. People from Ukraine coming here and making trouble. It was our initiative in order to stop the fire from spreading into Crimea. That's why we don't want radicalism coming here. We don't want fascism in Crimea. We want peace here. Oh wow, that's that's a great report, John. Because listen to uh, this, the boob from uh, the from the Scandinavian TV. She goes up to one of these uh, uh, non-labeled troops. Closed to all commercial traffic. The escalation began early this morning at the airports. Who is behind the mask? Troops took control of the airport in the Crimean capital. Many believe these are Russian boots on Ukrainian ground. <laughs> Kiev calls that an armed insurrection. We tried to get answers. Can you tell me who you are? No comment. No. No comment. Are you Russian troops? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Are you Russian troops? Well, nothing. He just says well, you aliens from outer space. <laughs> you might as well there have. There must be aliens from outer space. They've taken over the Crimean airport. So <laughs> that report is bogus. I really do trust France 24 more than I do these other guys. I got because to, we got Doug's. Th- yeah. He's there, and yeah. they have other people there. I mean, it's just a better report. I have a couple clips from uh, Radio Ukraine International. Ooh, here's, that would be uh, Yeah, here's, and they're all short, which is really great. Ukrainian Prime Minister Sergei Aksyonov has put all the security and law enforcement agencies in the Autonomous Republic under his personal control and appealed to Russian President Vladimir Putin for assistance in maintaining peace and accord in the Crimea. Aksyonov said in a TV interview that a Republican referendum on expanding the status and powers of the Crimean Autonomous Republic, previously scheduled for May 25th, was rescheduled for March 30th. He said the referendum would not mean the Crimea's secession from Ukraine. All right, so th- that sounds uh, credible. 
They're going to yeah. move the referendum up for the Crimea, the autonomous Republic of Crimea, to March 30th, and and of course they'll they'll break away and they'll the you know they, they got a good thing going on down there. Um, what else do we have? Uh, oh, this is uh, about. Uh, so this is the genius of this whole uh, setup. Uh, of course, uh, Ukraine owes Russia Gazprom, I should say, uh, owes them a lot of money, $2 billion roughly for uh, gas they've not paid for yet, and they get a sweetheart deal. Um, I think 1,000 cubic zirconias of gas is about $400 on the open market. They're getting it for like two fifty. Mm. And, th- and they want to continue this deal. Ukraine's national oil and gas company Naftogaz owes Russia's Gazprom nearly $2 billion for the supplied natural gas, according to energy and coal industry minister Yuri Prodan. He said at a press conference on Saturday that this month Russian natural gas would be imported at the same price as in February, $268.50 per thousand cubic meters. He didn't rule out that in the second quarter the price might exceed $400. <laughs> Naftahaz is holding active negotiations with Gazprom on keeping the price at the current level, but there are no contacts between the governments so far because of the Russian side's reluctance to make concessions, the minister said. Okay, I have a couple of uh, comments, a couple theories, and two extraneous clips if we want to play them. First of all, um, the I, I do not read Tom Clancy novels uh, because I have better things to do with my life, like reading legislation. Um, apparently... His latest work, Command Authority. Are you up on the Clancy novels at all? No, I don't. I I wait for the movies. Uh, in this, the, then I watch them on HBO. In this, the chief scoundrel, Russian President Valery Volodin, an ex KGB man, and his main enforcer Roman Talanov, who as young men foresaw the collapse of the Soviet Union, have since demonstrated their talent for survival. A dictator in all but name, Volodin is bent on re-establishing Russian dominance over its former satellite states, beginning with an ultimately NATO-thwarted military foray into Estonia, followed by a bigger, nastier push in Ukraine. That Clancy has a knack, doesn't he? He got a knack for doing that. Yeah, well, yeah. You um, see the Estonian action. So the um, Ukraine has stopped. It was put limits on uh, cash withdrawals. 200 euros is your limit. So you can't take any money out. Um, a thousand, uh, what are they called? Not that, that wouldn't be dollars, would it? Uh, yeah, about a thousand euros. So 1,500 hernias. 15,000 hernias is the limit uh, for withdrawing from the bank, which is actually helping the uh, the Ukrainian monetary unit, of course, which kind of plays into... Lizard woman Christine Lagarde's plans. I will inform uh, the board of the IMF later on today so that uh, it is fully appraised of the situation. As I said, next week is fact-finding, beginning of a dialogue, preliminary assessment and uh, discussion of the building blocks of what programs could be put in place in order to support... Discussion of the building blocks. ...for Ukraine. One thing that we discussed as well, which... uh, I'm uh, concerned about is the multiple numbers that I read here and there. Uh, I think it's highly premature to uh, assess financial needs, numbers here, numbers there. We need to rely on facts. (laughs) Numbers here, numbers there, numbers are so everywhere. 
Numbers, 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 numbers. We got no numbers. I don't know. It's premature to talk about numbers. What kind of numbers? We got numbers. We need to rely on the situation as it is. Uh, we do not see anything that is critical, that is worthy of panic at the moment. And we would certainly uh, hope that authorities uh, refrain from throwing lots of numbers, which are really... <laughs> Forget bombs. Stop throwing numbers. Molotov numbers. Stop doing it. Meaningless until they have been assessed properly. They are meaningless. Thank you very much. We need the building blocks. They are meaningless. Stop throwing numbers. Numbers here, numbers there. It's not helpful. We need no. We need good data. No numbers. Uh, I watched the uh, the United Nations. Um, it was supposed to be a debate, but it was more kind of like Susan Powers talking like this, yet telling everyone they're horrible. She's starting to sound like Kissinger. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, I think the Russian should not be invading the sovereignty of Ukraine. Yeah, Susan Powers, our UN ambassador. Uh, the Russian ambassador did say something very interesting. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I pulled from the Russian.gov. Was it? I think it's Putin.gov. <laughs> Let me see. What is uh, somewhere I have the, the actual wording? Because <clears throat> uh, he asked for permission to uh, put uh, to deploy troops and it's interesting because the under the the actual law or part of the constitution of the F Russian Federation <clears throat> it's very hard for me because I don't speak Russian uh, so I have to get translations and stuff but it, it's apparently it's kind of the same permission he asked for when uh, we're doing peace missions so it's a it's kind of like a peace mission approval process. The Russian ambassador to the United Nations said it a little more differently, which I, I thought was just interesting to note because words do matter. Uh, Mr. Aksyonov, Prime Minister of Crimea, uh, he went to the president of Russia and he made a request to provide assistance to restore uh, peace in uh, Crimea. Uh, this uh, information is an appeal. Uh, 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 about Mr. Yanukovych. His removal from the office, uh, we thought, was done by uh, not uh, done in not a legal way. As a result of this, uh, this statement or appeal, the President of Russia, um, under our constitutional procedures, sent uh, to the Council of the Federation the following request, that uh, due to the extraordinary situations taking place in Ukraine, uh, threats to the lives of Russian citizens, uh, our compatriots, uh, the military people the, of the Russian Federation, that are there, that have been sent there under the agreement that we have with Ukraine and to Crimea, uh, under the uh, relevant parts of the Constitution. Uh, the Russian, uh, we, we have uh, gone to the Parliament and asked for the possibility of use of force by the Russian Federation uh, on uh, Ukraine until there is a normalization of the civic and political situation in Ukraine, end of quote. So I'd like to draw your attention to, it says, on the the territory of Ukraine, not against Ukraine, as my Ukrainian colleague said, but on the territory of Ukraine. <laughs> I don't understand how those guys can get any business done with these translations. Is that the way that that's, that is the way they're hearing it? I guess you can't yeah, have a conversation yeah. with people when when that when that's in your ear. That's <laughs> and what makes it worse is that some languages yeah, don't really translate well. 
they don't translate well because something at the end of the sentence has to be incorporated at the beginning of the sentence if yeah, it's in a, exactly. into a different yes. language. Yes, yes, yes. And also some languages are wordy. Yeah. It's a real problem. When I speak, uh, give a speech overseas, when you have to, uh, to like Japanese or something, especially the Japanese, you have to remember to talk very slow like mm. this. Mm. And if you're excited or excitable, you, you blow, you, you know, yak, 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 you go, get going at a high speed and the translators, they just give up and they <laughs> yeah. just say whatever yeah. they feel like. Yeah, this guy had a couple of those moments. I was a bit worried about it. So um, I think maybe we should just look at, um, at some analysis. Uh, do, you, do you have any? I, I have a couple thoughts about it. Do you have any analysis on the situation at hand? I don't think there's anything different than what we talked about in the last show and so far as what we think is going on. Well, um, I'm thinking that one thing that could happen, we could have um, uh, some unfortunate accidents with some pipelines, which it would be nice if we could do that, by the way, because then we could have emergency gas sent from the U.S. And that ultimately, I think, is what a lot of this is about. But there was another thing that I, I was unaware of, the port of Odessa, which is in uh, Ukraine, obviously. Yeah, down at the bottom over yeah. the left-hand side of the country. Yeah, apparently that is a huge transit route for cocaine into Europe from South America. That would make sense. Yeah, and I'm thinking that we should keep our eyes on Odessa because that... And, and, and Odessa has not really come up in the conversation exactly, yet, so it's exactly. due. It's due. Now, uh, Crocodile also comes from Odessa because... Uh, you know the kids there; they can't afford the uh, the good stuff, and that's why they get that that face eating stuff that you know that you know, your face falls off. The crocodile. You've heard of this. Well, remind me about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's Is that in, bath salts. It's no it it turned up a couple of years ago in Russia. It's a cheap version of uh, opioids because it doesn't contain it. I, I think it's Drano and some other <laughs> some other stuff in there. It's it's not good. It's just not. It's not really a drug. It gets them high, but then your arm falls off. Oh, crocodile! Sound like fun? No, crocodile. Uh, that's where the crocodile craze started because uh, uh, a lot of kids got hooked on. Um, not just kids. I, it sounds good to say kids, but a lot of people got hooked on drugs coming through the port of Odessa, but they can't really afford it, and it's all meant for transit onto uh, into the U, uh, into the EU. Uh, and I want to, you know, could El, the El, El uh, Capo, uh, El Champo, what's his name, arrest have anything to do with, with this port? You know, could it... Could Guzman. We, yes. Could we be rekindling the importance of Odessa? Well, there's something. We still haven't gotten to the bottom of that. We don't even know if it's him. So there's something up with, yeah, maybe. This is a pretty big story if it, if it extends to Mexico. So I, I don't have a, a grasp of it. If it's if, if what you say is even possible, I definitely do not have any. I, I'm, right. I'm done. I'm lost. Right. Well, <clears throat> I, I just made the connection because of the timing. Uh, and uh, and I saw this BBC report from 2013. Uh, it's kind of like this, you know, like perky little girl running around. Oh, I'm here in Odessa. It's the main report for drugs and. Uh, uh. And, uh, you know, they, they're hiding drugs in pineapples and uh, water heaters, and it's crazy. Mm. Odessa is a, is a big Coke transport, and it's all from South America. So 
Uh, not in play yet, but I think we need to be on the lookout to see what happens with that. Uh, meanwhile, back at the White House, I think this is Senator... I think it's Corker. Uh, oh, well, before you go there, yeah, let's play the uh, the clip of Obama, which is the main clip everyone played. And there's just because I want to have a com- I have a comment on it. Are and you- this is the Obama. Yeah, yeah speaks out. Speaks about. Speaks out about. And he and, that, and then the comment I have. I'm going to say right now. Well, don't say when it. he says. Oh, just play it. Any violation of Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity would be deeply destabilizing, which is not in the interest of Ukraine, Russia, or Europe. It would represent a profound interference in matters that must be determined by the Ukrainian people. It would be a clear violation of Russia's commitment to respect the independence and sovereignty and borders of Ukraine and of international laws. And just days after the world came to Russia for the Olympic Games, it would invite the condemnation of nations around the world. Because of the gay thing. Now, this guy <laughs> who did, went out of his way to trash the Olympics and, and push, put into play all the, oh, we're going to have terrorism at the Olympics. Oh, the, the State Department is saying be very careful if you're stupid enough to go. And stray and dogs. he throws it in at the end of this thing? <laughs> stray dogs. Strands of stray dogs. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what? <laughs> wow. I'm telling you. Yeah. I need Putin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if my clip is going to be any good now. What are you learning, Jim? What are you, what are you learning, Jim? What hey, are you G- learning? Hey, Jim, what are you learning? What are you learning? I, I think this is the guy in front of the White I, This is about the G8 thing. I might have to cut this off. Wolf, what we're Wolf. learning now is that the White House is basically sending a diplomatic warning to Russia over events in Ukraine. Uh, just a few moments ago, uh, hearing from a senior administration official. No, that's not it. Here's Bob Corker. This is the one I wanted. Uh, much of what I think they're going to need to do is going to take congressional approval uh, and we stand ready to work with them. I think you know we're working this weekend. They're working all weekend, John, getting some... Uh, These idiots. Yep. With Senator Menendez to put in place oh. some, some sanctions. But as you mentioned, sanctions are one of the routes. Uh, there are trade issues that we can deal with. Trade issues. Okay. What would trade... There's only one trade issue we have. That's gas. Other countries in the region, I think, are going to be stepping out and very strongly condemning what Russia is doing. At the end of the day, does he sound a lot like Dana Carvey doing George (laughs) Bush? Sounds like that. that Not gonna die. Not gonna die. McCain's buddy. That's right, McCain's buddy. Russia needs to be isolated. Basically, needs to be isolated. To even think that they're a member of the G8 is, is almost an insult. This is It's an insult. <laughs> what is it? What is it? John, this is now the third time. What is the big deal about Russia being in or out of the G8? What is the big insult? What is the big problem? Autocratic petro state. It's a petro state. Yeah, like we aren't. The G8 is something that's set up for industrialized democracies. Uh, the fact that they're even a member, uh, it should be greatly questioned. Certainly, we should not attend a G8 meeting in their country. But I think what you're going to see is... is okay, here's, a, here's an idea. Maybe they're going to kick Russia out and bring a new person in so it can still be the G8? China? It's a, it's a thought. They won't do that. 
But some they don't want China in that. But thing. something keeping China out. Oh, they they could just make the EU a full time member instead of only. They're not going to kick Russia out. This is bull crap. It's an orchestrated chorus of isolation. An orchestrated chorus of isolation. I do declare, Claire. Lindsey Graham. That's who I'm thinking of. Or Frank Underwood. Claire, we need to isolate the Russians. Once bit. once the Russians are isolated, then we can clearly go all the way with this. I don't care what he wants with his nuclear power plant sub 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 subsidies. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stutter on that. We'll have to do the scene over. I think you're going to see NATO, not militarily, but uh, doing some consultative work with each of the countries. <laughs> consulting. Ah, yes, my favorite. NATO consulting. <laughs> well, we know what that means. If anyone comes and says, hi, I'm a consultant from NATO, your country is about to be overthrown by NGOs and uh, consultants in the form of terrorism. Speaking with one voice, but I think we need to do everything we can to isolate this country, which obviously uh, uh, is still smarting. From now, John, if I ask you, was isolation not exactly what happened in the Cold War? Apparently. We still, we still have isolated Cuba and all. What good has that ever done? Well, that's not entirely true. Everyone's rushing into Cuba. They're opening well, that look, up. Everyone but us. Well, we hello. You can't legally go by property there. The Canadians uh, can't. Now it's all now that's happening now. It's all happening. Uh, okay. Speaking it's of. It's all bull crap. It's yeah, nuts. It is. It is. It is. It is, it's, it is bull crap. And uh, Putin is. He's probably just sitting back going, oh, Putin! what? <laughs> what ev? What ev? What evski? I did catch something, and it actually came to me in German first. And then um, I tried to find the source of it. I found the source in the form of Benjamin Netanyahu. And then I uh, went back to my favorite messaging ceremony to confirm. Here's here's Merkel first. Listen to what she says. Okay, it was German, but you might have caught the gist of it. Something about the United States and Israel. No, she calls it the Jewish state of Israel. Oh, okay. This is, I think, something new. Here's a Bibi Netanyahu uh, at the American... Ooh, I think it's the American Jewish We Care Foundation something. Well, what we need to see with the Palestinians when we make a deal is that they're resigned to the fact that they'll have to make a genuine peace with Israel. And that means finally recognizing the Jewish state. The Jewish state. This is new because it's always been the state of Israel. And when I went back to my go-to source, which is the President's State of the Union... A Jewish state that knows America will always be at their side. This is the first time the President has done that. He calls it the Jewish state. <clears throat> and and uh, your interpretation of all this uh, change in nomenclature is? Uh, well, Benjamin Netanyahu actually will tell us himself. Uh, in the reverse uh, explanation, why the Palestinians do not want to recognize Israel as the Jewish state instead of the state of Israel. How do they have the temerity not to recognize the Jewish state, the nation state of the Jewish people? Do they not know that we've been here for the last 3,800 years? They don't know that this is the land of the Bible? 
that this is where Jewish history and Jewish identity was forged? Why don't they accept that? Why do they insist on not recognizing us? There is a reason. Because once you accept the fact that Israel is the nation state of the Jewish people, you end all claims. You end territorial claims, and you end refugee claims, you end the so-called right of return. The right of return claim, I think, is uh, the big one. Mm. So this is a, it's a negotiating tactic. Um, and I, now that I've looked into it a little bit, because I'd, I'd, I'd never heard this before, and I caught it, and, um, and I started looking around, and uh, some other, um, let's see, The Hill actually had, uh, had caught this, that he started calling it the Jewish state. And it is a, a hard-line negotiating tactic against the Palestinians, or I guess with the Palestinians. Uh, but once they say, yes, it's a Jewish state, then there can be no more right of return because, you know, you're not a Jew. It's, a, it's, a geopolitical, it's geopolitically, it's, I think it's an interesting change. Um, it's a dangerous road in the modern world. For one thing, you can have uh, Indian uprisings in North America that would use the same sort of thing as an argument. Um, I like that. That's, I hadn't even thought of that, but you're absolutely, tr- you're absolutely right about that. And it, if you could just keep dragging that out anywhere, uh, it becomes a problematic for pretty much any modern civilization or country. So it's a bad idea. The, I mean, it's a bad idea for everyone. It's a, maybe a good strategy for these guys, but th- th- their strategies are not getting anywhere. There's, there's, uh, that's an impasse operation. This is never going to be resolved. I, it's an avoidable situation to dis- as far as I'm concerned. It's just, it's just a, it's a dead end. These guys are just at loggerheads with each other. No, I would, I would. And agree. who was there before the Jews? Oh, I'm not even getting into that conversation. There apparently, apparently they were there for 3,800 years. Yeah, but there was a, what about 3,900 years ago? Who was there? Um, the pilgrims. The pilgrims. <laughs> Hold on a second. I think someone may have sent one for you. Let me see if this will work. Why do people still send Windows Media audio files? You know, I get a lot of that. Really? I get none of it. I always get MP3s. No, I think that... Uh, when, or waves. Waves are good. Yeah, waves are good. Uh, I think what happens is people get them from their, uh, maybe their, their Xbox they're using. It, it, there could be, but there's defaults. For example, when you're, uh, this is, I hate to go off to tech, but when you're, Why? if Great. you have CDs, the first thing you want to do with them is you put them in your PC, if you have a PC, and then you rip them with your Windows audio program, which is Windows Media. And, but you go s- reset the, the settings so it doesn't rip them as M, you know, WMVs right, or whatever they right, are. Right, right, right. You set it so it's a, like a, I don't know, 256K MP3 file and it's set on automatic so every disk you put in is automatically ripped into an album on your PC as MP3s, which can be moved around a lot easier than the other uh, uh uh, file yes. types. Yes, another tech moment with John C. Dvorak. Now, and you know, with a good collection of music that you can do whatever you want. With. I'm going to play this file that came in from producer Jonathan. He thinks it's the third one is the one you want. Putin! <laughs> Putin! Putin! 
Putin. I think that's the one. Putin. That is the one. <laughs> that's the one. Putin. Okay, I'll work on it. I'll I'll see if I can enhance. Enhance, rotate, and zoom in. Yeah, good work. I'd like to have a little slightly German accent, and that would be even better. Kind of right. like clink. Since we're, we're kind of on the tech thing, we haven't talked about it all, and we don't really need to talk about it. We just need to gloat. And the CEO of Mount Gox, Gox. I guess that's how you pronounce it, Gox. says the Japanese Bitcoin exchange has gone bust. Woo! The company is filing for bankruptcy after a series of technical glitches interrupted trading. The CEO also says 850,000 Bitcoins have gone missing. Oh, really? Oh, really? Those are worth almost half a billion dollars. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you have it. Yeah, I I should have sold when you told me. Ah, eh, well, it's, you know, it can bounce around. Cuz now I have them, but I where am we going to can I still sell them? Are they selling? Yeah, there's a there's about 40 exchanges yeah. you can sell them at. Yeah. I think it's funny that everyone got ripped off. Yep, so they did. People, stay strong. The Bitcoin community will prevail. <laughs> this that's Reddit. That's Reddit slash R slash Bitcoin. Yeah. Get ready for the tidal wave of negativity. Don't worry, Bitcoin community will stay strong. Okay. I think it's time. Uh, I agree with you. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. All right, we do have some people to thank for today's show, number 596. We got 597 coming up on Thursday. Sir J.D. in San Jose, $146. He actually had an interesting number. It was 146.00. Yeah. So it's one for 600. Yeah. I like that. One he said, for 600. Yeah. That's actually, we may put that in the newsletter. I like maybe that a that, lot. Maybe that's a donation that people can afford. Exactly. Not thank too you. many people affording the $600 donation, well, but we do appreciate those, well, of course. Yeah, of course. Yael Azowski uh, in Montreal, Quebec, 13399. Yael is his name. That's how you pronounce that. Y-A-E-L. Uh, he mentions it here, but I actually looked it up. He just went to a spinning class in Vienna. He's in Austria, I guess. Not really in Montreal. Or unless it's Vienna. No, Vienna, Austria. Uh, and I'm a new man, and since we need human resources to be both informed and fit, this donation is to start a league of no-agenda spinners. <laughs> Imagine how much more seriously people will take no-agenda. Yeah. When the, the, the resources are looking slim and dissecting mainstream media, prop, mainstream media propaganda on the fly, sign up for local spinning classes and insert at least one piece of no-agenda analysis or leave off some CDs. Yes. We keep dropping the ball on yeah, that, people. Yeah. Noagendacd.com. In the post-class discussion. Also, due to a high level of MILF-DILF in spinning classes... Mm -hmm. That's the ratio. The MILFs are much higher than the DILFs. It's about 20 MILFs to one DILF. This will help. There'll be more MILF DILFs. This will help cash out that 69 karma so many human resources are still, they're still clutching onto it for dear life. Think of the possibilities, people. Okay. Now, anyway. Okay, onward with the donations. We have no 111 11s, even though we're opening, reopening the club. Today. Today. So you should be warned, forewarned. You can see what happens. We do have a number of people backed up. 
for the club and <laughs> so to speak. Uh Irwin Irvin Owens Jr., Alameda, California, hundred and ten dollars and one cent. Um oh, we gotta scroll down, scroll down. And I can't scroll down if this big calendar is in the way. Uh Chad Chris Roald Tangisdal. I would say Tang Tangisdal. 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 Chris Roald Tangisdal, Norway. Yeah, $100 from Norway. Christian Sant. He wants Christian Sant. He wants uh, to know if we have the, where our evergreen clips are kept. Yes, noagendacd.com is the place to go. Okay, go there. Yeah. Sir, and he wanted to know about that too. Sir Brian Barrow in Wooten Bassett, Wiltshire. Black Knight, Sir Brian Barrow. Black Knight. Just wanted to weigh in with the donation thing. You guys seem to have fallen off. Donations have fallen off. I shudder to think what you would do. What I would do if you decided to call it a day. Or if you were, yeah, okay. He just, he's worried. Good. Because we got this note from Anonymous here. This is a person that has, uh, I'm going to read this note, that sent in $100. And uh, it's all she could afford. Please accept the the ridiculously small donation for which I must remain anonymous. I wish I could give you more, but my life sucks in more ways than I can possibly describe right now, and I am totally and completely broke. I promise that as soon as I am back on my feet, I will bump myself up to a less pathetic monthly donation. I will still need to remain anonymous, as I am a performing artist in the public eye who will probably never have the guts to publicly acknowledge how much your show means to me. Ellen DeGeneres? (laughs) Shameful, I know, but in my defense, many other artists count on me to raise money so that we can keep doing what we do. Wow. And to raise this money, I have to spend much of my time and energy sucking up to Obama bots and Republic douches alike. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Which brings me to why I felt it necessary to send you even the enclosed paltry amount. For the past few years, I've been living through one personal crisis after another, family deaths galore, and now a long-term sickness, Hmm. which my partner's daughter will probably never recover from. 97 weeks in the hospital and counting. Anyway, all the BS has caused me to struggle with depression myself. Struggle with that, that is, until one day last September when I caught John on Twit and heard him mention no agenda. Intrigued by John's cranky charm, I listened to uh, one episode and was completely hooked. I began to listen to each new episode, and after a few weeks, I noticed the most amazing thing. I was less depressed. (laughs) The truth. It works. Which was being revealed to me as I listened to your show made me less afraid and able to resist the mind control which was being slung at me from every direction. Just knowing that no agenda exists makes it easier to get through each crappy day. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work that you do. There must be other people out there like me who need you to cheer them up, but can't afford to support, and I hope that they will give whatever small amount they can. I promise you that someday... There will be more with gratitude anonymous. And she has a PS. Mm-hmm. PS, I certainly don't expect you to mention my tiny amount on the show, which was a hundred. 
But you may feel like, like you want to read uh, this on the air if you want. PPS, I have a crush on John. Don't worry, though. I am a huge lesbian. <laughs> I have never in my life been attracted to a man, but John's tell it like it is. Gruffiness and general brilliance really made a girl think. Hold on a second. St slow down. Slow down. I mean, just back it up for a second. She says she has never been attracted to a man in her life. And then pick it up from there. But John's tell it like it is gruffiness and general brilliance really made a th girl think. Hmm. It's every guy's dream. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Uh-oh. I like you lots, but you're too gay to be a safe crush for me. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> By curious is not gay. Because I'm a Flex and bend for you, baby. <laughs> Where's my <laughs> Sorry. Gee, I'm crushed. You should be. Uh, anyway, that's just an interesting hey, that, note. I love I think that, that note. I think she's really... I read the note because I thought that she was someone that... There's a lot of people like this that are being made ill and depressed by the news. And and the crap that's being fed them, which is not which most of which is are lies. No, it, it, well, I think this is well established. Lies. Yes, yes. Uh, we've pointed out several today, even from the New York Times. These are lies, and they're meant to make you ill. And we got an email from um, a, another source I can't name, but also royalty within the family. Um, and uh, he says, remember when we had the toothpaste bombs and the new shoe bomb? <laughs> the toothpaste Well, he says, these, these are bolos. These are bolo alerts that are not meant for the public. A bolo is be on lookout. Yeah. <laughs> I learned. I didn't know this. Bolo. So these are yeah, bolos. Yeah, bolos. And what's happening is they're being leaked on purpose to the news media for the whole... The whole purpose is to, for them to, you know, a bolo is not supposed to alert the, the general public, but they're being leaked to do exactly that, to make you ill and subservient. And when you're ill, when you're sick, you will do what people tell you to do, by the way. Yeah, that's true. That's funny that you mentioned it. But yeah, if you're really, you know, you're down and sick, sick as a dog, yeah. you're throwing up and crapping and everything in between, you're not really going to be arguing with no, anyone. No. All right, here we go. Oh, boy. 69! 69, dude! This is like, this is about the fifth week in a row where it's just been... Two, uh, two, two, two. Just two. Yeah. Alec Dowdy yeah. in Brisbane, Australia, 69-69. Um, he's got some comments we read. Christian Neighbor uh, in East Sussex, UK. So the 69ers are out... Of the country now. There's none left here in the USA. <laughs> no one in America. It's also illegal in half of our states. Yeah, nobody seems to complain no about that. No swazzle enough. Dave, how come there wasn't like a big fuss about that when uh, in, in a number of states in the U.S. it's illegal to do to perform oral sex in any of any form, but yet everyone's all up in arms about some mortuary or something in Arizona that wanted to keep gays from coming in for some reason or other. Well, why didn't they just irked about this other stuff that's been going on for years? Because it makes no sense. We, if we can't, we can't blame Republicans for, for 
oral sex. Oh, that's right. You got to blame, we can blame Republicans. You got to re- Republicans for hating gays. That's what you got to hate. Right. Yeah, all yeah right. that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Sometimes just need to be you know brought back down to earth. By the way, Christian neighbor uh, wants us to keep the, the the sticks going. So there you go. Oh, the rain sticks. Okay. And we do have some uh, karma for a lot, lot of these people. Dane Cole at the end. Dane Coleman, sixty-seven, eighty-nine in Dayton, Ohio. Michael Siegenthaler, 6666 from Parts Unknown. Sir John Martinez. Hold on, 60- hold on. I'm sorry. I have to go back. I, I, mean, I didn't read this note from Dane Coleman. This is, uh, this is your 12-hour marathon. The, the people want this, John. Please count my vote for a special edition of No Agenda with Adam getting high as balls and John C. Dvorak using his, hey, man, fake high voice the whole show. We could do that for 12 hours. Hey, man, it could happen. John, I'm so baked. <laughs> so baked. I'm so baked, man. I'm baked. I'm baked. <laughs> Sir John Martinez in Gilroy, California, 6543. Bill Hartnett in Torrance, California, 5510. And Michael Cosme in New York City, $55. And these, the rest of these are all $50, including Sir Mark Fusco, which is pronounced Fusco, by the way. Yeah. Not Fusco. Sorry, Fusco. The summer rain Yoho. When I got that from the... Uh, Persons of Interest show. Aaron Yoho in Fairmont, West Virginia. William Bauman in Port Wyneme, California. Jonathan Baldiga in Los Angeles, California. Eric Young, Salt Lake City. Sir Greg Brunsell in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Sir Carl Baron Malmo, Sweden. James Butcher in Dalwinu or something. I'm not sure. Dalwinu? Western Australia and finally Mark Tanner in Whittier, California. We do have the club open. Yeah, now, on, let's on, give a karma on. and a dedouching to the people who require who requested it in, in the process. Yes, also uh, uh, Aaron Yoho, it's his birthday. He's on the list. Uh, drunk donation alert. He says, none of my No Agenda cohorts did it for me. That is uh, to uh, wish him a happy birthday. So give them a big douchebag. Douchebag. They know who they are. Also tell Dame Joan Daughterfree, Sir Random Hillbilly, and Sir Kent O'Rourke, we need to arrange a meet-up. They're all in West Virginia. So, yeah. Yeah, you guys should meet up. Tell me, if someone organizes it, I'll, I'll give it a PR mention. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, okay, so the club is open. Now, tell me, John, I last we heard... There were zoning issues. Well, I didn't bring that up on the show. I told you later oh. that there were zoning issues. And this, oh. the guy, the inspector's coming in tomorrow. Yeah. And he's going to check out apparently one of this. Well, I know what it is. I, I just, not, I'm not going to bring it up to What him, the issue is? What the we issue? have a new stage. I think we built on stage. So what stage number was are, that? Are we in poll code compliance? No, a stage four. We have a dunk tank <laughs> that we put in. <laughs> When I bring Jessica up, well, I'll describe it. And uh, so the dunk tank, so the girl sits in the dunk tank and then people throw money, wads of money at the target. Uh It has to be a a substantial wad in order for it to have enough mass. The wad has to be big, but the problem is, is apparently the underpinnings of this dunk tank, because it's filled with water. Obviously. Is kind of bending the floor a little bit. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I think that's what they're going to go after. So I, I don't know how long the dunk tank is going to last. <laughs> All right, let's get into the club there, John. Let's. Uh, yeah, let's can you turn, do you have the mic? Do you have the I'm mic? Ready. MCDJJD. You got me going? Yeah, I got you going. Okay. 
back and open for business at Club 33 with five newly built stages and new and wonderful lovely ladies looking to charm you with their beauty. So let's give it up for the girls of Club 33, beginning with a mighty welcome and a round of applause for lovely Naomi. What's like known as the baboon girl of the Northwest Territory, she used to research wildlife. Now she is the wildlife straight out of Canada, where she saw the northern lights. Let her light you up, Naomi. Now you're in inaugurating stage two with the two poles will be Patricia and the Dutch bombshell from Australia, Jenny. Patricia is a competitive chef and kosher butcher. You know what that means, boys. She knows how to choke a chicken within legal limits, of course. Patricia should be on pole one. Pole two is the former Playboy bunny and bartender, Jenny. She'll stir things up for you on pole two. Show your appreciation for these two and let the duel begin. Over to stage three. Now redesigned with the see-through showers, Gina Bina, JGB, like skydiving, skiing, and home canning. Check out her cans, boys, Gina Bina. Stage four with the dunk tank is Jessica from Motor City. She's dancing in the new trapdoor cage. Hit the target with a wad of cash, and down she goes. Just like Detroit, she loves going down. Jessica, finally make room for Raymond and Tony, straight from London on stage five. These two lasses are used to pub food like bangers and mash and spotted dick. They love to mash your bangers and spot your you-know-what. Put your hands together for Raymond Tony. Announcement Nicole and Citizen X to Champagne Room 42. Sir Nussbaum, Mickey, and Adam await. That's Nicole and Citizen X. Will Erica get ready for the next round of performances? Remember, next Tuesday's Amateur Strip, strip Night. Show off your girlfriend to the guys. Pick up some extra money in the process. Every Tuesday at Club 33, put the ladies to work. And remember, everybody, here at Club 33, no touching. Five, four, three, two, one. Fabulous. In the morning. And here's the karma for everybody who needed it along with the de-douching. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Dvorak.org. Slash N A. It's your birthday, birthday. Oh, no, and a short list today. Uh, we say happy birthday to Aaron Yoho, celebrating with a strong donation and the Grime America show. Grime America, Grime Erica, get it? 33 on the 10th of March. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. <laughs> it's your birthday, yeah. Woo! Now, almost perfect. I messed up the end there. Yeah, I dropped a couple lines. No, nah, so. you did. You did good. You did good. Hey, I, I, I got your out, your out cue. Yes. First time ever. That was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> and we apologize. And we don't have any knights today, but we do want to congratulate Sir Incognito with his double knighthood. Takes him up to baronet status, and uh, we're very, very happy. Thank you for. Uh, your support of the best podcast in the universe. All right, let's see. Um, the president came out with something very weird and almost like a non sequitur uh, in the midst of all the Ukrainian stuff. And it's like, what is he doing? Did you catch this Brothers no, Keeper? No, I did not. Yeah, it's the Brothers Keeper initiative, um, which was very interesting. The this It was attended by... Uh, let's see, uh, Michael Bloomberg, Rahm Emanuel, but also Bill O'Reilly. I mean, there was a, there was a very interesting crowd, and um, the president got very personal on this, which he gets a total pass on, by the way. And um, and I spent a little time trying to figure out what this was really about. And the first thing, the initiative is called My Brother's Keeper. 
Um, I've heard of this, and I think we've talked about this before, haven't well, we? Well, let's. Let, the thing is, my brother's keeper, of course, is a biblical reference, and I don't understand why why anyone would be would feel this is a good name. If now, correct me if I'm wrong. My my, am I my brother's keeper? I think is the phrase, and this is uh, Cain had killed Abel, and. Uh, Cain, son of Adam and Eve. And uh, I don't know if it was Eve or Adam said, hey, where's uh, where's Abel? He says, am I my brother's keeper? But I don't know why you would want to have a brother who kills his other brother, why that reference would be a good idea for helping people. Am I just really misunderstanding the whole idea of the phrase? I think it, it evolved into uh, something else. There must be some New Testament... Uh... Oh, aspect oh, okay. to this that you're not discussing and are more biblical, uh, biblical scholar well, in, but in, slash would probably. Yeah. Well, in general, I I find that I find it's uh, hypocritical uh, for any biblical reference because oh, yeah. of the no, hatred, the that. hatred towards uh, all things Bible because you know science, science, science evolution, yeah. you know. Uh, but yet we have to thank thank the God for blessing our country, and am I my brother's keeper? So here is uh, a, a cut-down version of what the president said, which I think I felt was discussion-worthy amidst all the other stuff that's going on. Today I'm pleased to announce that some of the most forward-looking foundations in America are looking to invest at least $200 million over the next five years on top of the $150 million that they've already invested to test which strategies are working for our kids and expand them in cities across the country. Okay. Now, the, the foundations that he's talking about, so this is not, there's no government money, there's, uh, there's nothing else happening here other than an announcement, and his announcement is specifically about boys and men of color, which I think could also be the name of a new band where boys to men and color me bad got together and threw down some rhymes. They are going to invest more money, and it is the Annie E. Casey Foundation, the Kellogg Foundation, Open Society Foundations, that's Soros, the Ford Foundation, the Knight Foundation, the Kapor Center. Is that Mitch Kapor? The Kapor Center? Or is that just coincidence? Uh, the, uh, I don't know that Mitch has a center. The Atlantic Philanthropies, the California Endowment, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, and Bloomberg Philanthropies. So these are pretty big societal uh, organizations, and they they put a lot of money into a lot of things as a part of the Executives Alliance to expand opportunities for boys and men of color. Uh, and I continue to listen because I really want to understand what this is about and what's going on, which the president actually doesn't really tell us. But we'll... Woo! I know you can meet the challenge, many of you already are, if you make the effort. It may be hard, but you will have to reject the cynicism that says the circumstances of your birth or society's lingering injustices necessarily define you and your future. Now, um, he's about to really take it down to a personal level. Then if you look at the fact sheet, fact, fact sheet from the White House... Uh, the fact is that um, boys and men of color have a... All, all studies suggest, although there's no link to the studies, 
they have a significantly lesser chance of succeeding in today's society than, I presume, white boys. That's not said explicitly, but that's what I guess they mean. And by the way, yeah, uh, the K-Poor thing is Mitch K-Poor. Ah, see, I, I thought... And it runs it out of Oakland. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of stuff I'll be reading uh, from Good. his blog about this exact thing as you, as you continue. Okay. Fifty years after Dr. King talked about his dream for America's children. Which I don't think it was a dream. Was it for children? Oh, children. Yes, I think it was. Yeah. The stubborn fact is that the life chances of the average black or brown child in this country lags behind by almost every measure and is worse for boys and young men. And by the way... The white boys, they're not doing too good either. I would just like to point that out. I didn't have a dad in the house. And I was angry about it, even though I didn't necessarily realize it at the time. I made bad choices. I got high without always thinking about the harm that it could do. That, by the way, I think is a huge statement, which is just, everyone's just okay with it. Every other president in the... Yeah, they've all chicken crapped out of it. It's, it's, I also think it's... I didn't inhale. Yeah, exactly. Inhale. It's, it's really big, but, you know, actually, I, I really liked how he finishes this one particular statement. I didn't always take school as seriously as I should have. I made excuses. Sometimes I sold myself short. Wow. That was good, by the way. I don't know who wrote that, but wow. When you say that, I sold myself short. That's, that, I thought that was really emotional and really good. Now, if you think the president gets a pass on the drug thing, here's what's amazing. He is so good. He can make a joke where you don't understand the punchline, but when he uses the funny, the funny voice, everyone loves it. It's almost like Eddie Murphy. You know how Eddie Murphy can just go, and everyone laughs? It's just funny. The president can do this. You tell me if you understand this joke, but listen to how he sets it up, comes with the punchline, and everyone's laughing. And I remember when I was saying this, Christian, you you may remember this. uh, uh, After I was finished, the guy sitting next to me said, uh, are you talking about you? I said, yeah. Now, did you understand the joke? Well, it was a. It was. No, there's wasn't no- much of a joke. It was a commentary on him, a self-deprecating commentary. When he's of what he just said earlier that he didn't. He sold himself short. He did this and that. And he smoked dope. And then somebody throws that line at him in that dumb voice. I think. Huh. I think. It's, I think it's the voice. I think he can. He can make a joke. He could say he can get a laugh. He could just say that. He could just say instead of you talking about you, he could say chocolate vanilla fudge. That's wasn't. I think that was less voice and more timing. Well, his timing is impeccable. Right, his timing is good. All right, so I I started to investigate, and uh, as a part of what I found is links to B A M, a Chicago outfit that would explain, of course, uh, Rom. Uh, becoming a man, also match education. And this is where I started to catch on to what was really going on here with all of these foundations. And Tavis Smiley, of all people, was on, I don't remember what he was on. He was on some show 
And he talked about, well, he talked about this specifically, and something he said made me dive in, and I figured it out. So what, what do you make of some of the people who were very visibly at this announcement? Let's just take, for example, Mayor Michael Bloomberg, mm. Mayor Rahm Emanuel, obviously former chief of staff of the president, so you'd expect him to be there. But Michael Bloomberg might have been a little bit more surprising. Yep. I tweeted earlier today that I was surprised that Emmanuel and Bloomberg were so prominently featured, in part because this is respectfully the same Michael Bloomberg that didn't just put stop and frisk on the books, but mm. uh, but 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 uh, aggressively defended stop and frisk. This is the same Rahm Emanuel in Chicago who's closing down schools. I just think the time is out for political correctness. Let's tell the truth. And there you have it. <clears throat> That's what match education is all about. So here's the deal. Close the schools and then magically make new ones appear in the form of charter schools. Oh, yeah. This is, this is what this is all about. I'm liking this Tavis Smiley more and more as time goes by. Yeah, I, he's, I don't like his presentation. I think, he's got that, I think he's got a crazy skewed voice, but I'm liking He's on the side. In fact, he's not at the meeting about exactly this thing. And let me read from the blog, from Mitch Kapor's blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to, a, to the White House with a bunch of other people all involved in this. And I just want you to listen to this. The second uh, question has taken longer to unpack. What was it like to attend this meeting and event at the White House and to meet the president, somebody asked him. Mm -hmm. In a word, monumental, <laughs> mind-blowing. I'm still awestruck by what I call wait, its wait, 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 wait. Does he say mind-dot-blown-dot? Mind-blowing. Dot dot? Mind <laughs> <dash blowing. laughs> does he say that? Yeah, no. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. This is full cloth here. I'm reading it. That's great. I'm still awestruck by what I'll call its cultural enormity. Sitting at the table with the president, cabinet members, congressional representatives, corporate leadership, and icons like General Colin Powell, mm. who joked with a smaller... As always, that's a Colin Powell at the top of the Common Core Pyramid. Ta-da. Ta-da who joked with a smaller group of us that once a general, always a general. He puts this in as, a per, as an anecdote. Wow. Because uh, th this is lame, okay? And Irv, Irvin Magic Johnson, whose legs didn't seem to fit under the table. After the meeting concluded, we were ushered into a jam-packed East Room to be seated amongst notables like Representative Barbara Lee, who oh. gave me a warm hug. <laughs> Representative John Lewis. Greetings, young brother. <laughs> Reverend Al Sharpton. Oh, no, not that guy again. The parents of Trayvon Martin and Jordan Davis and many others. There's no real conflict. The young men from Chicago's, Chicago again, <laughs> Becoming a Man program entered the room to a standing ovation as did the president and Christian Champagne, an 18-year-old high school senior who did a yeoman's job of introducing Mr. Obama. And the rest is history. And there's a webcast I'm going to watch. Yeah, so the way I... So this is a douchebag meeting. Yeah, and the way I Del see Sharpton, it... really? Yeah, the way I see it is this is a, a charter school investment program, and everyone's looking really good because... When, what else are we helping these uh, boys and men of uh, uh, of color with? Schooling. Yeah. But Ram, 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 Ramalama Ding Dong, he is closing down schools in Chicago. The people are up in arms. They're protesting on the streets. Funny, not really covered by MSNBC. 
um, in arms. I mean, the kids are like, stop closing our schools, you douchebag. And of course, it's now going to, we're going to have schools reopening. This is a total uh, overthrow. I mean, it was one thing to have the centrally controlled scholastic system, but now the commercial centrally controlled scholastic system is that is mind dash blown this is the educational equivalent of corrections corporation of america it's <laughs> it's the pre-k for that actually yeah pre-k <laughs> for corrections corporation of america this yeah. is horrible yeah it really is and this group was so self and this is they're only here for there's some money angle here that you're dead right this is all about that l sharp is not there for his for his good Health. looks <laughs> for his big head yeah. Now it's, it's it's disgusting to me. I'm all for education. I'm all for helping all all boys and men of the world. There's a lot of information in this blog by the way. I'm going to send you a Yeah, link send that. I want to put that in the show notes cuz I got a you know, I got the match. I got the boys uh becoming a man. Which also um kind of goes against the entire grain of what the Democratic Party is about. Yeah, you know, are you supposed to become the person you can be? What if I want to become a girl? <laughs> Don't force me. It's it's mean. You know, becoming a what does that mean? Become a man? Does that mean you got to grin and down and bear it and take it and uh, take your blows? What does it mean becoming a man? What when do you become a man? Uh, there's no rites of passage for this culture necessarily, so there's no real. Uh, I mean, graduated from high school could be becoming a man. Getting well, uh, you know, beating up yeah. somebody could no, be becoming a man. I Going think into the army could be becoming a man. It could be anything. Graduating from high school, I think that would be the one. But what is what truly is? Yeah, what is the rite of passage in our culture today, where you become a man? When you get married, I don't know. Do you feel that there was a point in time when you became a man? When I started doing the No Agenda show, finally. Oh, man. If only I could get you to be serious for once. No, I don't. I don't have a, a point. I think it's a gradual thing. It's an evolution. I think you evolve into a, you know, to a grown-up. I think it, it takes bits and pieces, a little piece here, a little piece there, and then it all comes together. And some guys, I would include myself in that, still have childish behaviors that we employ on a day-to-day -day basis. I think reading the Club 33 script is a good example of that. All right. For, it's just totally childish. It's, yeah. it's yeah. silly. I actually yes. wrote a script, for God's sake. <laughs> you spent uh, probably 30 I minutes. Should be writing, I should be writing radio plays <laughs> you, or something. You should be, I don't know, writing your senator or something. No. No. I'm working He's, on the dunk tank, Club 33. <laughs> By the way. Good, don't you think that's a great work, idea? Good work on the dunk tank. We should do this for real. We'd have a great club. <laughs> All right, I'm going to make us wrap this up, get out of here on time. We're already late, actually. I did want to play the new the new drug commercial. Of course, we had the uh, Zohydro ER at the beginning of the program, which is our, our new legal high, uh, a 12-hour high, as uh, presented by the Native Advertising in Forbes. Um, have you seen Wax? No. Wax. Wax. Yeah. Wax is the... It's so dangerous. It's illegal. It's so... Wax. Tonight on Nightline, there is a new drug sweeping America that will apparently blow your mind. Sweeping America. Blow your mind. Sweeping America. Blow your mind. That is if it doesn't blow you up first. Woo! Wax. 
And if they're cracking down in California, why is it totally legal to light up in Colorado? And this, by the way, is, a, is completely native advertising. It's so well done. Good evening. Tonight, we're going to take you inside the strange subculture involving a new and powerful drug that you may have never heard of. It can be dangerous to use and even more dangerous to make. And yet, in some places, it's totally legal. It's called wax, and it is an ultra-strong version of pot. But while authorities are cracking down on wax... <laughs> Apparently, it's pot. In some states, in Colorado, it is literally becoming a mom-and-pop business. Here's Mariana Van Zeller from our partner network, Fusion. A, a nice little plug for Fusion, our partner network, Fusion, who apparently have done a documentary. It appears once we crest this hill to get on the driveway, we're pretty much exposed. There's absolutely no cover. This is the DEA, by the way. But if we're on approach and this turns out to be a shooter event, we'll take cover, we'll establish perimeter. Once we're inside, everybody will be secured, and we'll see what we have. There's a new drug that's sweeping the country. It's called wax. There is no weed out there that possesses the punching power that the wax does. This is a guy with a ski hat on. Uh, with the vocoded voice down because, you know, he's a DEA informant telling you how awesome wax is. It's like smoking 20 joints of the best grade of weed. Woo! 20 joints of the best grade of weed. This DEA informant kill anyone. Informant <laughs> can't reveal his face, but says wax is the ultimate distillation of marijuana. So potent, a single hit will keep you high for over a day. Over a day? <laughs> this is Screw that Zycodone crap. I want I want the wax, baby. Nightline, John. Nightline. Night effing line. You know, when Nightline switched over to to its current format, I did predict that it was going to deteriorate into a cheap news, uh, sensationalist news show that's useless. And that's what it's done. It could generate up to $10,000. That's what I did in my first week of bachelor stuff at $100 a gram. Pouring out. That's if it doesn't blow you up while you're making it. (laughs) We got people blowing up. We got kitchens blowing up and people getting injured and even killed. And the DEA says it's not just the making of the drug that's dangerous. We have seen people having sudden onset of psychosis and even brain damage from that exposure to the high concentration of THC. Our concern is this is going to spread before uh, we can get it under control. The only thing missing from this report was some guy going, dude, my dog ate my wax. Yeah, where's the dog? (laughs) This is basically low-grade hash is what it is. (laughs) <laughs> It'll keep you high for a day. It's like smoking 20 joints at once. <sighs> Wowee. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh... Native advertising, ladies and gentlemen. Go get your wax. Get your wax here. It's good to go. Get your wax. All right. Well, that was another depressing show. <laughs> do you want to... We had a lot of laughs, though. Do you want to do something to, something happy to get us out, or are we good? Oh, no, but I I just tuned... I was just looking through the dial. Oh, no. Don't tell me. Oh, no. Not yeah, again. Tom Hartman's on. I wanted to hear... Averaging 68 with highs of 110 counts per minute. <laughs> Farmington, Minnesota is sitting at 40 counts per minute with spikes to 62. 
And Rapid City, South Dakota is hovering at 39 with highs of 55 counts per minute. Bradcast's alert level is 100 counts per minute. However, they remind us that there is no such thing as a safe level of radiation. That's right, everybody. There is no such thing as a safe level of radiation. Thank you, Thong. Unbelievable. Well, everybody, I'm sure things will play out just nice and neatly for us uh, by Thursday so we can uh, dissect more for you. Of course, we need to be all over Hillary Clinton's mysterious disease, which may stop her from running for president. Yeah, this is developing to something interesting. Yes. Heart trouble, vision trouble, blockage in her veins, ovarian cysts. Who knows? She'll have a bruised face is all I know when we see her next. That's right. She'll be looking great. Or she maybe she's having a badectomy. By the way, I think this is Joe Biden who's unleashing these uh, these oh, rumors. Yeah, I, I actually have a, a a speech by Joe Biden oh. that I still have not dissected, so I'm keeping it in abeyance. It good, may not good, be good. anything there. How about maybe maybe for Thursday? Maybe for Thursday. He has a lot of a lot to say, and he's so funny. But yeah, it could be Joe's uh, re- 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 kind of a response to her get, her buddy Gates blasting him. Mm. Yeah. In the book. Talk. Anyway, everybody, uh, please keep supporting us. We do need it to continue. Dvorak.org slash NA. Here from FEMA Region 6 in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash NA.